When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Previously on Lonely Boys. There are a million gold dresses. Yeah, but there's only one with a Pamela Dennis label cut out. Take it off. This is obviously a misunderstanding. Why are you defending her? You're not leaving here in that. If you didn't want me to go to the party with Dan, you didn't have to humiliate me. <laughs> okay, Charlie, this has nothing to do with Dan. Good. Then you won't mind if we leave together now. Dan wasn't Dan wasn't gonna go bananas on me because he respected your friendship. <laughs> but now he's gonna have sex with me and he's gonna call me your name. Let's go, Dan. No, Dan, you still go bananas on me. Hey Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt, I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down the season finale of season four. It's season four, episode 22, The Wrong Goodbye, but I am not here by myself. I am here with someone who is always the life of the party at every bar mitzvah he crashes. It's Brendan Ruppel. Hello, I am your co-host, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, little Hodo Cream Nation, I'm recording live as always from the Creamatorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly. Doctor, Officer Cream reporting for duty. Cream, cream yes, cream, cream. Yes, cream. Yeah. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> the second guest in a row to Raw Call. The, Amazing. The, the new tradition. Probably everyone in season five, I think, will. <laughs> oh, they better. Let's keep the streak up. Oh, that, was a nice... <laughs> that was good. That was a great reaction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be hot on the mic today or, or low. I, I haven't said a lot of words today in general. I've been I've been on the on the road out there and... It's been very quiet today. I haven't had a lot of people to talk to. So you guys, are, this is like my first real interaction of the day besides my boss. Well, I don't know how I'm going to be either because you called out my energy in the uh, in the pre-production <laughs> meeting. Uh-huh. I, I woke up from a nap at, at you know 20 minutes ago. My alarm went off and I was so confused as to where I was, what time it was, oh, what was going are, on. I thought I was late to work. Those I, are good I, naps but like, also oh. bad naps because you, you, you start off the rest of your day in a weird place. Yeah, I was in such a deep sleep, but yeah. Brendan, it's of we of course have a have a great of guest course. here for the season finale. Uh, it, it's someone who has been here before, someone who has been here on season four before even. Uh, we have yet another member of the Five Timers Club. We have five members now of the Five wow. Timers Club. You may know her as Mel Got Served. Please welcome back to the podcast, Mel Sullivan. Hello, Hello. Mel. Um, oh, oh, call oh, me oh. Serena. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we will. One of my will you Serena for the rest of the, yes. the, rest of the episode. Um, I'm so honored to be here for the season four finale. Um, I've been waiting for this. I've been counting down. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you too. 
You, I mean, you called it when I was booking guests for season four. You said, hey, I want season premiere and season finale. You wanted to wow. bookend this season. And uh, that's exactly what's happening here. And most importantly, there was a reason, of course, that I, I ended up being able to bookend. And that is because many moons ago, I said to you, I would like to be there when Vanessa leaves. Oh, I think it's yes. only suitable Incredible. that I, me, her, her first fan on the pod, come to bid her adieu. And I'm so happy you're here because this is a huge Vanessa episode. Incredible. She really leaves with a bang. Brendan, you predicted it. You said this was not a red herring a couple episodes. She's going to leave. She's actually going to leave. And I can confirm she is going to the oil rig in wow. Barcelona. <laughs> All I can say Jessica is Zor. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Zor makes her final appearance as Vanessa Abrams. She leaves just exit... as stupidly as she came. <laughs> I, crazy. Her exit was noted as her highlight of season four, with many critics <laughs> praising Shore's acting in her phone conversation with Dan. Um, so a lot of exits in this episode here. We'll we'll go through we'll go through everyone who's leaving, who's coming back. This is uh, you know marks another ending of the show, of course. Um, but of course, Mel, you're here again. Have you been doing any Gossip Girl watching since the last time you were on the podcast? Of course. I have to keep up with the pod, and I am enjoying the show. Last time I was on, I talked about that I knew I was going to hit a point where I couldn't recall if I had seen the show, um, if maybe I just knew it in passing from watching clips. And I firmly believe I'm at a point that I did not see these points of the show, and I'm now like a new viewer again. I'm wow. I'm like Brendan. Yeah, we're in the post-Mel mm. era. Do, do you people like me. <laughs> do, you, do you recognize the point in which you you stopped watching, or was there just... One episode, and you were like, "Wait a second! I don't think I don't think I've seen this anymore." Some point, like in early, like season four, and I don't remember the exact point, but I just remember being like, "I don't really remember this," and I keep trying to figure out if it was like, did I just remember clips because I watched The Soup back in the day, and they would play oh, yeah. all these absurd clips of the show, <laughs> and maybe like maybe I even gave up sooner, and I'm just projecting memories. But this has been a, a nice refresh, and it's had some ups. It's had a lot of downs, but I'm still enjoying the ride as we go. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely have seen a lot of clips of Gossip Girl on the soup. I, I really hope Joel McHale had something to say about the uh, iconic bar mitzvah scene in this episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember that scene, but I was dying <laughs> That's laughing. That's amazing that you didn't remember it. <laughs> it on, it I seems iconic. Believe. I'm surprised you didn't. I know. I could not believe what was happening. Uh, we're in the stretch of episodes that I don't remember as well. I've been very critical of everything post. If I knew all I had to do to fuck four. was go to a bar, bar mitzvah. <laughs> Come on. Do you, do, you know many, do, you, do you know how many times you would have uh, put your yarmulke on and been like, Mel, let's go. Let's. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> If I ask him to go with me, <laughs> what are you insinuating? All our <laughs> Every single guest I ask to go. <laughs> Bar mitzvah. <laughs> um, so, what was I even saying before? Brendan derailed this podcast, obviously. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Mel, um, I, I'll ask Mel quickly. Um, being a five-timer, and you're, you'd say you, you're enjoying this this program that we watched that we call Gospel Girls. Are you enjoying the Lonely Boys also, or, or mostly more the uh, the TV show? Which one's better, actually? Oh, Rank them. Oh, I I watch Gossip Girl to listen to Lonely Boys. Oh, I'm a yeah. Lonely Boys oh, yeah. fan. Hell yeah. I like and this the Sandy Boy. Here. Just, oh, yeah. Just ask the guests, uh, do you like the podcast? Do you like us? 
This will be a very idea. different experience on the podcast if you, depending on how you answer. For, for now on, whenever you lose your spot, I'll ask the guests if they like us. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's get into this. Here we have season four, episode twenty-two, "The Wrong Goodbye." Uh, Russell decides to take something precious of Chuck's. Vanessa and Dan get into a vicious fight. An old foe returns for the Constance reunion. Ivy. Not Charlie anymore, which another another big reveal we'll have to go over. Pulls one more trick before departing. Uh, I mentioned that the title is called The Wrong Goodbye. Brendan, it's your time to shine. For the last time this season, what is this title referencing? Hmm. This one's kind of tough. I've had such an easy streak that I think even a title that should be easy has now become extremely difficult. But you know what? I don't even really care because I'm over the hump now at this point. I'll say house it's money, the baby. house money. The wrong Missy. Nope. The wrong Missy. You I'll leave it at uh, the wrong Missy. <laughs> you think it's uh you think it's parodying the the classic twenty twenty film <laughs> the, wrong, the wrong Missy? Yes. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Um I'll say the I'll I'll switch it up. I'll I'll do the the right hello. Double double. Right video. hello. Yeah. You've two chances here because uh the Wikipedia and the wiki could not get on the same page as the IMDb. Both things said they were referencing something else. The the Wikipedia page and the wiki both said that they were uh, at it was referencing the 1997 film The Wrong Guy instead of The Wrong Goodbye. Hmm. Then IMDb that it was referencing the 1973 film The Long Goodbye. Neither oh, of which you said, Brendan. So you are going to finish this season on a low note here, but you still finish over 500. You finish 13 for 22. He's good. He's good. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, 13 for 22. Nothing nothing to be ashamed of. And let's get into the episode, of course. Original air date, May 16th, 2011. It is the season finale of season four. And we are going to start right in the action. This was kind of like a two-part finale. They really set everything up last week. And now we are going to start with everyone's favorite duo, Serena and Vanessa, are in a cab looking for Dan because they think something is going to happen to him because Charlie is off her meds. Again, right into the action. Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but good thing Serena is here to stick up for Charlie. She she reminds Ve- Vanessa that this isn't Charlie's fault. She tells us the last time this happened. Uh, Charlie ended up wandering through the snow in her bare feet. Are we just going to hear about this former incident like piece by piece? or Because they don't really <laughs> say what it is. They just kind of mention that she ended up walking barefoot for- through the snow. Uh-huh. I think they're just going to keep mentioning pieces of like weird things that she was doing off her meds. Uh, yeah. And Vanessa's going to continue not to care, surprisingly. Oh, my goodness. Well, Vanessa adds that she single white female to her roommate. We, of course, here uh, in these streets call that uh, the room, uh, a Leighton Meester's the roommate yes. situation. Yes. And it, it seems that Charlie has somewhat of a history with this stuff. Serena's going to stick up for her again, says that, uh, well, Rufus said the girl's boyfriend let her on. And Vanessa, you, you mentioned it, but Vanessa can't believe that Serena would have, like, empathy for someone else, and she's, like, getting pissed for some reason. She's like, okay, fine. If, if, you don't, if, you, if you're going to care about this, then, then you can go find Charlie, and I'll go find Dan. But Serena wants both of them to tell Dan, and then both of them can find Charlie. Yes, because, keep this plan simple. Uh, yeah, she's like, well, maybe I should tell Dan, because uh, at least Dan considers me a friend, which, great point, Serena. What is great Vanessa point. even doing here? No one knows, um, <laughs> which is why I guess she's leaving. But it, it is kind of strange that Vanessa's the person here that doesn't believe in mental health <laughs> yes <laughs> strangely <laughs> very ironic yeah um but yeah so vanessa is again on her way out which is of course why mel is here and 
like she was off for like five episodes in a row in the second half of season four after she um kind of is the reason that Serena gets sent to like a mental hospital and Jenny gets sent to the Hudson. Uh, she disappears for a while and then she came back and we've mentioned every week they really just didn't know what to do with her. So they just kind of had her get the shit kicked out of her by a different character every week <laughs> until eventually they were like, okay, you can go now. And I got to say, it's yeah. the perfect ending for this character. It's, it's, it's unfortunate for her because it is. It, she's always so out of place. They really don't know what to do with her. And every time they stick her in a situation, it's like even the characters are like, just like, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't know. Even what to Georgina do with in this episode is like, wait, Vanessa's part of this scheme? Are you, you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? <laughs> yeah, Georgina. I, would, Georgina works perfectly for these situations where yes. she just gets dropped into it, and it makes sense. Vanessa does not. And uh, Mel, I'm sure you heard that Brendan actually gave Vanessa an MVP <laughs> a few weeks ago. I first off cheered. <laughs> Welcome to the club. But I do ultimately. This is a character that they didn't know what to do with, and they clearly don't have fun writing her, but keep putting her in the show. So, like when Georgina comes, they get really excited. They get to write right. all these zingers and one-liners, and then Vanessa, they just never cared to invest in the character or like flesh her out in any way. And this is what happens. So I'm almost relieved she's gone simply because to watch her just get shit on constantly mm-hmm. is like, I love, this was the best, we did the, it. the most I've ever liked Vanessa was yeah. in this stretch of episodes <laughs> where the writers were basically just giving up and acknowledging like, yeah. all right, everyone hates her. We do too. Let's, let's everyone, <laughs> I wonder if Jessica Zor was like excited to get out of there. She was like, listen, I know I'm acting, but I, I cannot take this brutal beat down. I'm getting, yeah, I wonder week. we'll have to have her on the pod thank, and ask her about season. Thank four. God it was before Twitter. Cause like, imagine that like, oh my god early, like it was like kind of like early enough twitter i should say so like yes. if it was nowadays I, the poor woman like, yeah, I, it'd, I'd be it'd be i would have deleted she, social media oh she would have had to um there's a musical performance at the alumni event here we have we have the rare occurrence of last week's event of the week kind of creeping into this week and dan asks nate if rain is here but apparently uh she has to be alone so Nate tells Dan he's not okay, but he also notices that Dan's a little shaken up. So good friend Nate asks what's going on, and Dan's like, uh, Charlie said something that uh, kind of weirded me out, and I couldn't wait to see how Dan worded this. <laughs> and it's like, wow, what's going on? So Dan's like, man, I, I hope it's a crazy misunderstanding, but uh, we were kissing, and then things started to, you know. So then she says, call me Serena. And Nate just starts laughing, which I feel like is the <laughs> only logical response. Yeah. yeah. I, I also, I'm so glad that we are getting these two in the same room again it's, it's been so long since Nate has been allowed to leave the pool room or not be yes. alongside chuck so thank god that dan I, i'm surprised that nate remembers he's friends with dan in the first place we had a lot of scenes between characters where i was like i miss this dynamic yeah so that shouldn't happen in, in a tv episode. show it's so silly yeah it's true so so nate's like all right are you sure like maybe that's just what you wanted to hear which is very good yeah, and yeah. nate so Dan confirms that she did say it, and Nate's like, well, if she did say it, that's definitely weird. So thank you, Nate. We can finally confirm that what she said was, in fact, weird. It was certainly weird. Uh, Nate handles this well. I, I thought he was going to just be like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> but he actually no, has, no. has something to say about weird. it, so that's good. I, I like yeah, I like that he says, uh, well, just just tell Charlie that won't be necessary and go back to doing what you were doing, which would have been amazing if Charlie was like, call me Serena, <laughs> and Dan just replied without missing a beat, that won't be mes- necessary, and just kept going. Charlie. <laughs> like, let <me> start. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if uh, Dan says, then call me a Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> call me Serena. Call me Rufus. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Huh? So, wait, wait, you don't understand. Comes- I'm not actually crazy. I don't want to call you your dad's name. 
this was just a bit I was doing, but you took it a little too far, Dan. <laughs> I think Dan probably said that to Vanessa. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and she was like, "With pleasure." <laughs> so. Uh, Chuck comes in, and Dan's confused because Goss Girl said he was going to rehab, and he's like, what, now that we're back at St. Jude's, I'm out of the loop again? So he's a little upset by that. The band is still performing. Who is this band? I do I not know, know, but they... I mean, it's like they it was oh, a big I deal. segment here. We keep going back to them. I was relying on you to tell me who this was because no. I figured you would know. They were all right. I but, mean, but maybe they... this was Panic. Uh, Rufus is new oh, band, maybe. but I don't think so. I mean, I, honestly, the, wait, this band was so low-key that I thought Rufus was going to be up there singing. He's like such a nobody band. It could have been him up there. Oh, he needed if Rufus, the money. Yeah, if Rufus signed on to produce this band's album and instead got them a gig performing at his son's <laughs> like high school reunion alumni event, I would have been pissed. We, we need like, one we more get... Rufus performance before the end of the series. We do, I and something. I hope we get it. I, I don't remember. So... Chuck tells Eleanor he can't find Blair. Eleanor doesn't seem too worried, but Chuck knows Blair. He knows that she wouldn't be missing at this event where she, when she could be bragging about being on the arm of a prince. So he is clearly worried, and he's right to be, because as we know from the end of last week's episode, Blair is in trouble. And Eleanor just seems to be happy that Blair's getting her fairy tale, and she likens Chuck to the big bad wolf and tells him to just say goodbye and let her to go, which seems out of character for Eleanor. I, I felt like Eleanor always liked Chuck. Yeah, I, I guess she's just happy to see her daughter um, happy, and she knows that her and Chuck have right. a lot of drama between the two of them. So she's 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 on. I, I think, um, damn, what's his name? I'm having a huge blank. Her husband, Cyrus. Cyrus. Oh my goodness! I, we don't see him that often. We don't see him that often. Cyrus. <laughs> I think he has a lot of influ- influence on Eleanor now, and Cyrus can really see uh, when a duo works and when when yes. th- th- it's a good pairing. And I, I don't think he's the princess loves Chuck. birds. We have to marry yeah, into the royal yeah. family. So. Yeah, I mean, we will find out that happiness is not everything to Blair. She's gonna, she's gonna say she's like, well, yeah, I'm happy with Louis, but with Chuck, it's like we fight all the time. So that's with Chuck, I, too. I'm unhappy. Oh. He punches. <laughs> like Blair is a very interesting uh, outlook on on what a relationship should be. Um, Dan talks to Eric, which is another fun dynamic in this episode. He asks Eric for help, but before anything can come of that, Nessa and Serena come out of the woodwork and tell Dan, we need to talk to you. Then Chuck comes out of the woodwork and is like, Dan, I need to talk to you. Then Nate comes out of the woodwork and he's like, Chuck, I need to talk to you. And all of a sudden we have a grouping of Nate, Chuck, Serena, Dan, Vanessa, and Eric. If this is not <laughs> what you're looking for in a finale, I don't know what this is. This what is, is. I love this scene. I wish they didn't have to save it for every every finale. I wish they did it more often. No. But it, it is. it makes it feel big. It's, it makes it feel important. So I, I do love that aspect of it. This yeah, was I our Avengers. Like, it really was. It brought every it brought everybody together. Not to jump ahead too, but it really felt like a chapter being wrapped up. Yeah, and I just love that. Um, I, I love the dynamic here. I, I love that everyone has something going on, and they're all like mm-hmm. going to Dan. Although Nate's going to Chuck. Eric just wants to make sure no one's trying to stop a wedding, run on Ponzi scheme, give anyone fake hair and sir, or turn into a justifiably vengeful townie. Uh, Gossip Girl really loves calling back to their insane plots from earlier in the show these days, and it is fun. They do have a bunch of zany things they can reference, so I, I get the impulse. And Chuck asks Dan if he knows where Blair is, and Vanessa immediately cuts him off. She's like, "Okay, what we have to say is much more important than the location of Blair Waldorf," which not true. Never true the location of blair no. is always the most important thing and especially not true right now as blair is like about to get burned alive <laughs> yeah. maybe they should have used that gossip girl tracker to find yeah, it right. hey, well, if time. any time now this is the time to use it yeah russell was like i remembered to turn gossip girl tracker off but uh you can keep your phone don't worry <laughs> yeah i doubt it it, it is so, funny that the show likes to reference itself lately because it's it, it is acknowledging itself of being crazy 
but then continues to be absurd. So I don't know if it knows how crazy it is or it just hears people talking about it on the internet and like, oh, they would like it if we reference how stupid we are. Yeah. But they can't help Maybe. themselves from continuing to be stupid. They're like, I can't wait to reference this in a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, Serena explains that they think Charlie's in trouble and they need to find her. Uh, Vanessa tries to like suck up to Dan, but Nate just cuts her off and starts to talk to Chuck. Serena tells Dan that she's also worried about him. She's like, oh, don't, don't let Vanessa take all the credit. I'm worried about you too. But uh, right now we're all worried about Charlie. Serena and Vanessa both kind of the worst, but I-, I kind of like them when they're bickering with each other here. Like put two characters that are both the worst and have them argue with each other. Now I'm kind of on board. Yeah, I'm into the duo. Not so much either one individually, but the two of them arguing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm glad that each one gets like slammed back and forth, so I'm fine with that. And these, these two characters that we've both been critical, uh, especially in recent episodes, they're going to take very different paths here, where Serena is actually going to like start acknowledging her wrongdoings by the end of the episode, and Vanessa is just going to double, triple, quadruple down on being the worst and be <laughs> like, I'm going to do some of the most annoying shit I've ever done in this episode and then leave. <laughs> A blaze of glory. <laughs> As she's being called out like, for it, too, and just, like, doesn't care. Yes. And Serena's like, well, I'm staying, so I'm actually going to try to be a better, a better character for, for you all. I, I appreciate that Serena is trying here. Yeah, I don't um, believe any of it, but she's trying. Yeah. Dan seems to be their unofficial leader all of a sudden, so he's going to yeah. call the room to order, tells everyone to shut up. He's like, I haven't seen Blair, um, but whatever Nate has to say is probably important. I haven't seen Charlie, but she's been acting strange. Haven't seen her also. And then he wraps up by asking Serena and Vanessa, what are you two doing together? Don't you hate each other? Which was also funny. Good question. Had some good jokes in this episode. Yes, it definitely some some good little little zingers. It, it, I feel like I almost didn't have time to laugh too much because there was so much happening. Yes. Like, I, and I just, it was. I don't want to spoil my thoughts too much in the entire episode, but it was another finale or mid-season finale. They do this sometimes too where they they dragged on a plot for like, 10 episodes and then they just add new shit right at the end and they really jam pack so much stuff into one where you could have just been stretching this stuff along over the course of the past 10 that is true the pacing of this episode is very it's uh, always, this, feels, they always feel rushed. Is very interesting yes so chuck goes to see if blair's at the empire nate's gonna go with him and then Cotty and is who are also back as of last week uh they hit on eric a little bit and when he tells them they're still that he's still gay they're like well that means you can dance which I'll allow it. I'll take oh. it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll take the stereotype. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> so they're going to have fun dancing with him. Uh, Chuck and Nate arrive to the Empire. Chuck is super pissed because he's like, Nate, what do you mean you immediately went back on our deal with Russell and told Reyna everything? Like, obviously there's going to be go repercussions now. And he's, he's like, I had correct. to, I had to. And he's like, all right, let's blow past this. <laughs> Chuck's like, I don't even have time to be mad at you right now. Um, Nate almost did. He, he was he almost, was almost the cause of Blair's death. <laughs> Yeah, he really was. And he's like, I, I, until we find Blair, I can't even think about Russell Thorpe. And that's when we hear, you might have to. And I know I've been saying that a lot of characters are coming out of the woodwork this episode, but where on earth did Raina come from? She she apologizes for just showing up, but she didn't like just show up. She was clearly already in Chuck's room. She just like entered from his bedroom or something. <laughs> in a gown. <laughs> just like dressed. <laughs> dressed. Dressed to the nines. How long was she just go? waiting just... in Chuck's room, waiting for them to come in? Sit on a couch. And then in this exchange that kind of doesn't make sense, she's like, she, she informs them that she's so angry at her father that now she wants to apologize. Like, where is this coming from? I mean, obviously her anger at Chuck was unjustified to begin with. Obviously she should have been mad at her father, but why is being mad at her dad the things that the thing that makes her realize this that she shouldn't be mad at Chuck? I, I don't track the logic either. I think Chuck afterwards says like, yeah, we were both like wrong at the right. We, we we both right. did wrong things, and he tries to just brush it under the rug because he knows they're both being a little silly. Well, 
whatever the reason, she's back on bu- on board with Chuck. Tells him that she also hasn't seen Blair for like a half hour now. So Chuck is freaking out. She isn't anywhere. She's not here. She's not at the party. And then we see that Russell and Blair are in some like kind of random dungeon room on the roof. Wh- why did Chuck have this dungeon built on the roof of his hotel? I, I think, Where I, are they? I think Russell just built this or something. You think Russell took the time to build a dungeon here on the third floor or where, wherever case. they are, the top floor? Is this the, still, still the Brooklyn Hotel? The um, Charles? That's what I thought it Maybe was. Maybe it's like that's that why it's still kind of in the process of being built. I don't know. Yes, I guess it is the new the new one because uh, Blair tells him she, she breaks into some – she recaps the end of last week's episode. She goes, I don't understand why you're doing this. You tricked me into coming to Chuck's new hotel mm-hmm. by saying that he was in jeopardy and now you won't let me leave? Yeah. So I, I remember last episode it was I, pretty bare bones when they were doing that yes. little plot upstairs. So this is the dungeon that hasn't been turned into anything yeah. yes, yet, I guess. And I thought she was just providing some exposition to tell the audience why she was here. But no, no, no. She's actually secretly calling Chuck and telling him this, which is smart. Although smart uh, very sloppy as it was. A, yes, a smart girl. Although very sloppy from Russell to not immediately confiscate her phone. Like, is he an evil supervillain or isn't he? I think he's too excited about the flames that are about to go down. Yeah, he's having a lot of fun with his lighter. He didn't have time to, yeah. to take her phone. Should I went and back that- and watched the season just to see now, like, does he play with his lighter all the time? We just totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, was this a thing about his character always that we just missed? <laughs> Chuck announces that he knows where Blair is, and that's when he throws in the random smart girl. Like she's a, his dog or something? Like <laughs> He should have said good smart, girl. Smart girl, good girl, good Blair. <laughs> so, uh, Russell tells Blair that they may not still be together, her and Chuck, but she's still the thing that Chuck loves most in the world, and Big Thorpe informs Blair that she isn't going anywhere tonight as he looks to start uh, an arson porn of his own. And... It seems like such an overreaction. Like, he's going to murder a teenage girl because he's upset his daughter hates him? Like, what is this He, he, well, he was always sort of a villain, but I didn't know he had this level in him. So right. I, I was excited to see it. <laughs> what does he him. think is going to happen? My daughter will love me now that I kill Blair. I guess he figures she doesn't love him anymore, so he's got nothing left to live for. So he so might as well kill Blair? Come on. Arson judge. Gotta go full arson. It's it's kind of insane. Like, now it, you, you really... I mean, it, we, we brushed past it in that episode where we, we find out was the last episode or the week before i forget but they talk about how big thorpe wanted to kill chuck's dad not his wife so he he, he has like the murder in him i guess we already knew yeah but we didn't know we had the key of the cold blood Ooh, sorry blair but i've got the murder in me tonight <laughs> i gotta murder someone he can call me on the wrong day uh, the, the band is still playing at the event unbeknownst to them that several insane plot lines are playing out before their eyes and Georgina is also iconically at this event as well, and I am so happy to see her. Whenever a season needs new life, we break the emergency Georgina glass, and she comes racing back. Uh, this time she's with some random guy who is, like, acting as Milo's father. He's showing baby pictures. Uh, Georgina doesn't seem too interested. And they're, whoever they're talking to asks how they met, and Georgina's like, okay, well, Phil wanted a hot wife to impress his partners, and I wanted a loft and a legacy at Yale for Milo. So seems like a win-win. And she goes, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go get drunk enough to make you all seem interesting. <laughs> Uh, if she wants it, just saying all she has to do, it really is. That's what I'm going to say to people at our next uh, reunion. I'm <laughs> going to go get drunk enough to make y'all seem interesting. <laughs> all she has to do is talk to her her uh, her old friends to find interesting, and she's going to find that out pretty pretty soon. Yeah, th- I mean, I guess she came here hoping for something like this to happen. I don't know if she was already in the middle of a scheme or not with that guy, because we know that. <laughs> or maybe he's, maybe that guy is actually the father. I don't know. Do, do we maybe. remember who the father really is, or we never found out? I uh, I think she said like the Russian mob or whatever. Huh. Yeah, so maybe she tricked this guy into thinking he is also, and he's more of a sucker than Dan was. But either way, I think, I think she, he's she's just happy to, to happy play. to play the part. He yeah, seemed, I, I mean, like that, he could loves Myla. that could be. I, I, I just and can't so, trust anything she actually says. 
No, of course not. But she finds Dan, and she can tell he's up to up to something, and she begs him to let her in on it. And she's like, I haven't been this bored since I believed in Jesus, which another amazing callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, joke of the episode? Yeah. There's so many I, of there, there are a lot of little little quick ones, but I think it's just funny that she's so desperate just to be a part of any scheme. I think that's even funnier to She's me. a scheme addict, and she's begging <laughs> for a fix. She's going to get it. And... And definitely doesn't want Georgina getting involved, but she's like, unless it's twisted and nasty, then I could be valuable. <laughs> I mean, she, at the end of the day, she really doesn't fully get involved in anything. She more is, is set up for the future. She leads Charlie to an open window. <laughs> right. She leads Charlie to a fake suicide attempt. Yes. Uh, which we didn't know was fake at the time, but... Right. Eric gets a call from Lily. Yes, Lily is actually in this episode. Now that everyone's gone uh, to this event, she has uh, stumbled out of her room after two full weeks of barricading herself in there, eating nothing but Rufus's chili and watching the same movies over and over again. <laughs> that room just had a green gas come out of it. <laughs> I feel like when they cut to Lily, she should have been more disheveled than what she was. <laughs> she still looked fantastic. She uh, should have been like uh, Kramer in the uh, in the in that Red Roaster episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was like so starved for something to watch that she wanted video of this yeah, weird like, high like, school fundraiser. Like, was that product? Be up of a live like? feed. What, be up like, of a live feed with, with the event. Yeah. That was that phone like something of the time. I don't know. I Maybe. didn't recognize it, but I wondered if it was something like that. It was just very bizarre. And then like the whole conversation with her and Rufus is—it's just all uncomfortable. It made no sense, at least unless it was like. We need to pay them for one more episode, so just, like, quick. Yeah. Probably that. I, I mean, her having Eric set up a live feed of the event, it seems so boring unless she's a fan of this band that's playing there. or uh, And all you see is, like, your kids and stepkids and their friends just kind of, like, running around with no, with no context. <laughs> just trying to... I think better use of Lily this episode would have been, like, like I imagine her when the Avengers are forming in the beginning of the episode. Lily's also there, but got an iPad and a, wibbly, a swivelly stick, like, in the uh, Season 6 community <laughs> yeah, episode. Yes, yes. And I want to see her around like that all episode long just following along like wait guys wait <laughs> would be i so still fun think to see she should have done i still think she should have done her best kramer impression i mean like i'm on no sleep right now <laughs> <laughs> and so rufus asks eric if he's seen charlie and lily's like still lily still stays true to form she's like oh don't don't embarrass her she'll she's probably fine and so lily tells eric to have serena check in and uh go to find her Charlie is seemingly having a fantastic time here. Dan tries to calm her down, but she's a drunken mess. She's chugging straight from the liquor bottle. Kind of iconic here. And Dan's like, listen, I overreacted. What you said just took me by surprise. Of course, of course I'll call you Serena when we hook when we <laughs> up. No, he said, he's like, I get it. You just want me to like you, but I already do. So how about a do-over? And Charlie asked Dan why he let her on for weeks and not just tell her that he didn't like her. And then she asked if he learned that from Serena, which Serena just catching strays for no reason now. Oof. I mean, kind of warranted, though. <laughs> Yeah. And then I like that Charlie calls over a cater waiter and just like shoves him into Dan and runs away. <laughs> well, I think when Dan walks into her too, like to, to go say hi, she's dancing maniacally with some, some old guy that's like loving him, the to, t- having the time of his yeah. life. Yes. He's like, oh boy, I'll, I'll call you anything you want. I'll, get lucky tonight. <laughs> I'll call myself Serena. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Serena. You're Serena. We're all Serena. <laughs> So Vanessa, uh, Dan tells Vanessa they need a plan B as Georgina just creepily watches them from across the room, which I was saying, put her in. Call in the righty from the bullpen. We need Georgina now more than ever. Absolutely. Uh, Georgina is is one of those people that I, I still don't really fully understand why she's kind of polarizing. I think she's just exactly what this show is. She encapsulates yes, Gossip she Girl. Perfect. Exactly. She is this show personified. The only thing I could think would be that 
early on, she was an interrupter to the idea of like Dan and Serena's relationship mm. and to break up, you know, mm. a thriving couple was just the worst thing you could mm-hmm. do in the entire world. I'm sure there's many Louis detractors, of course, and all these other ones. So anything that annoys a shipper is going to take them down. That is true, yes. Yeah, That'll make them polarizing enough. for sure. Um, the famously non-humorous headmistress Queller is also back in this episode. She finds Serena, and uh, she is with Cecily. She's also with her, and she just has one line here. She tells Serena, uh, oh, no, I've never met her, but I've read a lot about her. And then she says bye. Uh, did you guys know who this was? I think someone said who she was as she came over or something like that. So that They was... didn't say exactly who she was because that would be too, like, world-breaking. This is the uh-huh. author of the Gossip Girl books. Oh, no, oh she... I thought you meant, like, character-wise. I didn't realize. Uh, oh, yeah, no, no. So she came over and Queller was like, this is the one who's writing about her. This is the one who <laughs> writes our every move. We don't, exist w- we don't exist without her. This is the one. <laughs> this is the reason why Nate is such a stoner, man. <laughs> so yeah, you have a short cameo here. That's uh, Cecily von von Zeglasar or, or something. Oh. Uh, but yeah, she wrote the Gossip Girl books, and now she gets a short little cameo here. So good for her, I guess. That's like how uh, the guy that voices Mario got a short little cameo in the Mario movie, and didn't get to voice Mario. Ah, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. So he just like had a cameo of a regular guy that just is like, it's a me. Pretty much. Um, and now he's not Aww. going to voice the games anymore for some reason. There's something something weird is going he's on in the Mario too world. Depri- he's too depressed. <laughs> Chris Pratt is also taking over the games. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> so Serena explains to Queller why she's at Columbia instead of Brown. And Queller's like, damn, I, I was hard on you because I really thought you'd become something and leave New York, you fucking loser. <laughs> what is she talking like, about? I thought the exact same thing. I was just like, what a horrible thing to be like, oh, you're better than this. What a bum. Yeah, she's like, oh, what happened to Brown? She, like, oh, I went to Columbia instead. Like, oh, really? Ooh. It's only Serena's been like Columbia. two years. She's she just graduated. Serena's at an Ivy League school, Columbia, one of the best schools in the country. And Quella's like, ooh, well, okay, kind of, kind of embarrassing, but <laughs> all right. That was an, an absurd conversation. I, I guess the point of it was just <laughs> to set up Serena for next season. But why in like minute five of this show are we setting up Serena's next season and her goal, her goals like moving forward? Think, it's stupid. It seemed like this and the conversation she's gonna have in a set. Like this whole scene, like this whole scene is very funny because everywhere Serena turns, someone is just like behind her saying like, "Okay, you kind of suck." And I think all of this is kind of here to like wake her up to have that scene with Charlie where she's like. Yeah, I kind of suck, and I need to, <laughs> I need to like change my life or something, and uh, and so this is supposed to be like the catalyst of that, uh-huh. but it's kind of absurd. She's like, "Yeah, I want you to get out out, out of this life," and she's like, "Maybe after college," and just leaves. So, Willer <laughs> comes back just to call yeah, Serena. That's what loser, people do. They finish is, college and then they figure out what their life yeah, is. Yeah, and then it's gone just as fast. So uh, then Serena turns, and the Gossip Girl Next Generation tweens want to have a word with her. They ask what the hell is wrong with her, and ask how she didn't choose Nate or Dan. They both voted on Gossip Girl's poll, and they both lost, so goddammit, Serena, you're really affecting the lives of these tweens over here. And they ask Serena, who'd she end up with, the billionaire or the guy who tried to kill you? Which, yes, call out Serena's terrible decisions in love life. (laughs) Uh, What does it mean for me that I couldn't remember which one person that would refer to? I'm going to say... That the billionaire was her professor that she dated, and then the guy who tried to kill her was uh, Ben, ben. Who, who couldn't I, I, decide if he wanted to kill when her. When I said or, that, uh, I was like, wait. I feel like multiple probably tried to kill her yeah. at this point. Yeah, I just probably. can't keep track of it anymore. I still thought they were talking about Dan and Nate. I was like, when did Dan try and kill Serena? Like, it was, I, I thought I was <laughs> going back to billionaire her, or, Dan, or Dan the stalker who's been trying <laughs> yeah, to kill you right. this whole time. <laughs> so... Um, so 
uh, one of the girls tells Serena, I used to want to be like you, but now I want to be like Blair. Uh, she sounds like Brendan from the beginning of this podcast. Used to want to be like Serena, but now yeah. he wants to be like Blair. Yeah, here we go. So here. We've come along. Serena shoes them <laughs> Serena shoes them away and then turns around and now Georgina's here. And again, genuinely funny that every time Serena turns, there's someone else here to make her feel like shit. And G- Georgina tells Serena that she's great. She's like, I mean, look at my hair, my clothes, my body. But uh, she's actually become a Bedford wife, according to her, and she's miserable. She says, please let me in on whatever scheme everyone seems to be a part of. I haven't schemed since I convinced Dan he was Milo's dad. Unless you count speeding up the process at a hospice to get someone's apartment, which <laughs> throwing a lot at us here. I, I love that Georgina can just tell that there's a scheme afoot. Yeah, that might have been my joke of the episode. That was the very good. Was funny. <laughs> That's a real clever one. Uh, Serena does not acknowledge the line. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't. Well, because Serena's so. killed before. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, I understand. I killed someone. <laughs> It sucks because so, like, you, you you understand why all the characters have to just kind of brush her up, but I, I do wish someone would let her in. Just just help, let her help a little bit. Like, think, come things on, could, let her help this just game. Just let her help one time. Come on. Anne and Vanessa return to say that they almost had Charlie, but she slipped away. And Georgina is mostly just pissed that Vanessa is part of this. She's like, I'm sorry. She's a part of the gang and I'm not. Which, Vanessa <laughs> now getting shit on by Georgina, that was definitely my joke of the episode. Yeah, she's she's got a great point there. Just do a quick little swap. I'd be pissed if it was Vanessa instead of me as well. And they all get texts from from uh, Charlie saying, I'm sorry, goodbye. So this seems serious. Uh, Georgina's like, who is this amateur? And I just, I love Georgina. Every time she says anything, it's so funny. And so Serena needs a new plan. Georgina just starts yelling things like she's uh, Peyton Manning calling an audible. And they're going to split up and look for Charlie. And Georgina asks what she can do. And Vanessa rudely tells her to go away. So uh, Georgina's going to turn the corner. And Charlie's just like right there hiding behind the wall. Uh, and... So no one is going to be able to find Charlie except for Georgina here. Yeah, it is funny how she's not allowed to play this game with them. And somehow she's still so heavily involved in it anyway. Oh, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that she was going to find a way to get involved. <laughs> yeah. Russell just keeps lighting his lighter. And Blair is so confused. She's like, if you're not going to torture me, then why won't you let me leave? It, it does look like he... he's like, um, I'll, I'll let you on fire any minute now. I just haven't found the then, right time yet. Yeah. And then he lights the lighter again. She's like, and why do you keep doing that? Which is so funny because it is so absurd that he's just lighting it. And he's like, uh, this is kind of taking longer than I thought. I really thought the gas would be on right now, by now. And Chuck, Nate, and Raina are racing up the stairs. Chuck knows she's on the third floor. They're smelling gas. And Russell reveals that he did indeed turn the gas on. And we know, I know, we know that Russell loves a good monologue, but Blair's going to save herself with a monologue. She tells Big Thorpe, uh, she knows he thinks the basses are evil and she gets it. Uh, She says, I love Chuck for so long and he's punished me for it. And at this moment, Chuck is sneaking around looking for her he hears her voice talking about him uh, he hears her say he ended up treating me like something he owned instead of something he earned and it destroyed me and i thought i'd never get over it and that's when chuck turns the doorknob but he doesn't go in yet and Blair tells russell she found a way out of the darkness and he can too but russell's too smart for that he knows at this point it's too late for him to get out of the darkness so uh he lights the lighter blair screams and chuck barges in reyna also comes in and russell's like um i'm kind of killing people right now you really shouldn't be here and Nate also hilariously just shows up as well, because what else would he be what doing else, yeah. besides just, just showing up? Just tagging along, as he always does. And Raina's like, listen, if you go through with this, you're taking me with you, because I am not leaving without you. And she's like, listen, I know you didn't mean to hurt my mother. I forgive you. And then as soon as she takes the lighter from him, she immediately snaps into, you're going to jail for a very long time, and I won't be coming to visit you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Raina, what him. a legend. Fucking got him. I, I'm starting I to realize now that, that one. I'm pretty sure Big Thorpe was going to do a murder-suicide. Like, I, I think so. I, I mean, think he was murder suicide. Yeah. I think about it. I, I didn't realize. I think, oh wait, he was gonna light the whole thing on fire from within, not uh, be on the outside to lock the door anymore this time. So he was going down yeah, with the we ship. Would've, we would have had our first murder suicide of the show. Yeah, 
I mean, that, that would have that's... been a real uncomfortable finale. Yeah. I mean, we, we've <laughs> if it took four seasons to do it in this show and only one season to do it on uh, Legend of Korra, that's that kind of kind of embarrassing. Thought as well. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, we, were you thinking we'd get more or less murder suicides <laughs> than Legend of Korra? After I saw Legend of Korra, <laughs> and before I'd watched Gods, we were like, we got to get one of these at least once a season. <laughs> So, I just want to say, very telling that Chuck was the one to save the day and not Louis. Well, because yeah. he's hanging out at somebody's high school reunion a that he didn't even go to. A little something for the chair shippers mm-hmm. here. I don't, Chuck is here. He saves her life. Louis's nowhere to be found. You just can't. I, no matter what, it's it's amazing. So, two episodes ago with the, the big Chuck glass punch. Totally ruins him <laughs> with the rest of the series for me, obviously. But if you just remove that episode entirely... This whole I episode, you can did. you can really be rooting for Chuck. Like he makes a great case. Oh, they totally right. ruined. Like this episode has like, his plot. This episode has no meaning for me. It's totally washed because of what happened very recently. I, and it, it sucks that I feel that way. But it was so. It wasn't even like it, when we had the uh, the first the pilot scandal. That's so early yes. on. We can almost throw it away because it's like it bookends the series. This one was like part of the same story arc. So I can't. I just yeah. can't, I can't throw it out. There was a certain point in this episode where I was like, man, I really wish that Chuck didn't assault yeah. Blair just like two yes. episodes ago. Like a, probably a day ago at this point in, like, in their I in could really line. easily be rooting for them right now. Yeah. It really, this was a hard episode because they just constantly do things to this relationship and to Chuck as a character that, I, like going back to the pilot too, which is sometimes with the pilot, they don't really know what they're doing with the characters. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then like, I think Chuck was probably not meant to be a long-term character right. even. It was and meant then, to be kind of like a villain. And then yeah. he turned into kind of like the face of the show. almost. Right. And even like recurring where maybe it was like, yeah, he'll be around, you know, dare I say an Oliver from the OC. Right. Mm. To the Sandy boys. Um, but then, you know, you get this chemistry, you keep them going, but then, you do all these things that it just makes it like, why would she be with him? And really just looking back on it, it's just so unhealthy to watch this relationship and to root for it. And it's gross. And also Blair, just text people. All of this would have been avoided if you just texted a few people, which you've relied on most of the series to be like, (laughs) Hey, your uncle's in town. Hey, yeah. um, I'm going to be late to this high school reunion function thing. I mean, Dating back to the third season finale, if she would have just been like Chuck, Dorota's in labor right now. Just a quick text. All of all of that would have been avoided. Very inconsistent uh, when she decides to use it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it is tough because a couple episodes ago, like Chuck is now a fully formed character. They know what they're doing with him, so they know what they're doing when they have him pin Blair down to a couch and like punch a glass mirror behind her, like, and then. To just have him come, like, roaring back as, like, a leading contender for who's going to be with Blair. And, uh, honestly, I, I hate to be Team Louie here, but, uh, like, she chooses the wrong guy if you're going to choose between the two of them at the end of the episode here. But, like, Chuck has to be the one to, like, coach her towards that direction. Which like, Blair, obviously I'm not the right guy here. I just assaulted I just, you. Go, yeah, right. go with someone else. But the, the, go with the guy the, who waited all night Gossip for Girl you. wants us to think it was just passion, it's, which is, they they really fucked up. Yeah, well, I, I don't like didn't it. didn't choose. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, she did not. So everyone is outside now. It seems like the action is over, and we aren't even like halfway through the episode yet. And Blair doesn't want to go to the hospital. She just wants to get out of here because Louis is waiting for her. And Chuck offers to drive her. Blair thanks him for the ride and for saving her. So, uh, so it's it's seeming like all is kind of forgiven between these two. Like the the show statement is like, yeah, Chuck is terrible, but he's also a hero sometimes too. So uh, Blair and Chuck, anyone? This is also funny because this is like what like maybe 18 or so minutes in and it feels like everything's resolved now 
Blair's safe. I know. She was about to get murdered, and now like, our main character is in the clear. And uh, we have like a lot like, to go. I know. We have, like, an end of episode at so many points in this episode. Like, we are just ending these storylines one at a time, and they all have, like, end of episode feels. But there's so much going yeah. on in this episode that, it, like you said, yeah, we're, like, 18 minutes in. We're not, we're not even halfway through the episode. Yeah, like, Chuck Blair probably no being tr- murdered is a huge deal. And it just it happens and goes, goes away quickly. Nobody cares. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Blair doesn't even want to go to the hospital. <laughs> and so Chuck's like, listen, I had no choice because you called. And Blair tells him, listen, it's only because I couldn't dial 911. She has, she has Chuck on speed dial still, so she only had to push down the one button, which is also very telling. I had, still has him on speed dial. Uh, Chuck probably very pleased to hear that. And he grabs Blair's hand and apologizes. And so he offers to get a drink to calm Blair's nerves so that she can be steady for her prince. And Blair agrees to one drink. Uh I didn't. I I thought Louis was gonna find out and like not be happy at this. Yeah. But Louis is very uh, even keeled all episode. Anytime you hear someone say just one drink, you know it's not gonna be just, just one drink. drink. Never. Uh, oh, you know that there's a bar mitzvah in their future. <laughs> yes. I thought I really thought I missed something. We'll we'll get to it obviously. But uh, <laughs> Louis, as, as even keeled as he is, he he's got such a like a puss on his face all episode long. <laughs> he really is. I've never seen the man so. I know Blair. I know Blair is gonna be here. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Looks like he's been smelling snail all episode long. Looks like he's been smelling Lily's room after, she, <laughs> after two weeks she barricaded herself. Constant smells like Lily's uh, butthole after <laughs> chili. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Is this offensive? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully. Uh, so Nate and Raina. Raina says she wants to go home, and Nate offers to call a cab. But uh, Raina says no. I don't mean the hotel. And Nate says you mean Chicago. Was Nate asking or, like, telling her because he figured it uh, out? He's like, oh, you yeah, mean Chicago. Chicago. I get it. Okay. All right, Nate and Raina hug. Here. And I guess I guess Raina is going back to her home planet now since the season is ending. It's like, oh, end of the season. Time for me to go back to Chicago. And I can confirm that Raina and Russell are both on the oil rig. Yeah, I kind of figured. Even Raina seems like she could be a mainstay if they figured out what to do with her. Like, she... She's good. She's a, she's a good actress. I, I, she gets along with the characters well, but they just I, they lost sight of her really early on in the season and just kept her in the hotel yeah. for like ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, kept her in the hotel. Not she kind of turned into Nate. She was just playing yeah. pool all day, um, and now she's going to go on to be Sonic's mommy. Oh yeah, forgot about that. She said, "There's a there's a blue hedgehog who needs me in Chicago, so I'm going <laughs> to go back." Said that. <laughs> so. Uh, Vanessa's gonna be gone. Russell gone. Uh, Raina gone. Still got plenty of episodes to go left. Uh, still, and so Chuck and Blair. Chuck points out uh, that everyone they know and Gossip Girl is at the uh, is at the alumni event, so they have a free night to do whatever they want, uh, like the movie Death Takes a Holiday, not the Brad Pitt remake because that was horrible. And what they choose to do with their night off, uh, it turns out they're at a random bar mitzvah. How did they get in? I, I get like I said, I thought I missed something because they said they wanted to get a drink and they can go anywhere they want. So why and is this the place? A yeah. I thought they set some sort of parameter for themselves. I didn't hear and like, oh well, everyone will have eyes on these spo- these spots. Like we can't go to these bars because people will find out that we're not at the thing we're supposed to be at. That would make more also, sense. But they said they could do anything, and this is what they decided. This is to do. so. But also, <laughs> when they leave, they're in front of the Oak Room, which is like a very famous place. Even if it was like in a reception hall, like it was a noticeable place. So I'm very confused. I hear. As uh, always, I hear little Richie is having it. Not I hear uh, little Richie is having a bar mitzvah down the street. Do you want to grab a drink there? <laughs> like it's, we can get it. We can get some Shirley Temples. 
Yeah, now, have some respect for Joseph Nitzberg. He's only turns thirteen once. Oh, sorry, Joseph Nitzberg. I did not realize that that was the name. But yeah, this is uh, when when friend of the pod uh, Lita was rewatching the show, and she was up to like the later seasons. We we had a running joke where this is the era where the Gossip Girl writers are clearly just like pulling things out of a hat, and no matter what they pick, they have to, they are forced to write it. Like <laughs> no, there are no no wrong Absolutely. answers in brainstorming. Anything they draw out of the hat, they have to do. I someone must have just pulled this out of this out of the hat. Uh, Chuck and Blair crash up our mitzvah, and they're like, "Well, you got to write it in now." That's the but rule. I don't think they did write it in. They just smashed it in there. They didn't write it smoothly or anything. It was just like, "We need to get a drink." Cut to bar mitzvah. Like I, I didn't I I, again. I just want to be clear. I, there was no conversation about the bar mitzvah. They just showed up there. No. Okay. Now, I want to be clear. This is the best thing in the episode and maybe the <laughs> yeah. best thing in the season. Yeah. I oh think it, it heightens even more so because we get the Adele song. Yeah. I want to I have to say that just it was the most natural and fun I've ever seen <laughs> Chuck look. Like that. Never seen Chuck like smile like that. Being. I've never seen oh, Chuck smile like ever. that. And we never will again. <laughs> Chuck and um, more bar mitzvahs. Get Chuck and more was, bars mitzvah. This scene was it was great. The, the whole montage. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but it I was it, it was really Gossip well. Edited. Yeah, if Gossip Girl was ever going for an Emmy, they should have submitted that scene. Uh, but real <laughs> quick first, Georgina Georgina finds Charlie in the hall. Uh, Charlie greets her with a "You scared me," and Georgina replies that she gets that a lot. And so Charlie <laughs> is <laughs> Charlie is asking Georgina if she knows where she can find an open window, which is <laughs> which is ominous because we know uh, that Charlie is off her meds. And Georgina, for some reason, knows exactly where the one open window is and tells Charlie where to go. And then as soon as Charlie leaves, <laughs> Serena comes by. Yes. Serena goes by to ask Georgina if she's seen Charlie and Georgina not being helpful, kind of insane when you think about it. Like it's insane when you think about the hospice line that Georgina just had. And now it's insane if you think that Georgina is okay with Charlie jumping out of a window and is like egging her on and smiling about it. Yeah. I I don't know if she She has like the Joker. She might have the sixth sense of schemes and knows that that's not what she's trying to use it for. She knows like, oh, this girl's up to something. I could just tell. Yeah, schemers, schemers on a schemer. Yeah. That is a very light interpretation here. Well, like she sees Charlie and immediately she's like, I know you don't really want to kill yourself. Yeah. Go find the open that's, window. That's the, what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> I was like you once. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, like she knew where the window was. Like, oh, I've used that window yeah. before before for scheming. You go ahead. <laughs> it's open. Serena's an idiot and tries to relate to Georgina. She's like, What if your son was in trouble in seventeen years? To which Georgina replies, If Milo isn't in trouble in seventeen years, I've done something wrong. Obviously that was not gonna work. Georgina yeah, she clearly on. doesn't even give a shit about, about her kid so uh, <laughs> Georgina agrees to tell Serena where Charlie is but tells her she owes her and then uh, she's like Charlie took the elevator and when Serena goes to find her Georgina just yells I miss you you get me so good <laughs> I don't That's know where she got that from that anyone <laughs> understands her you get me Serena this See, is she's where just- so good in small doses that I think really the best is. thing about Georgina is that she is not on all the time and I don't yeah. know if she I don't know if she's like joining the cast next season or, or if she gets like a longer arc, but her small doses of when she's needed are just like ideal pumps of fun and story and energy. And that's why we enjoy her now. It really is. It's like they use her in the beginnings and ends of seasons. It's like once a season break glass uh, for Georgina emergency and she'll come in. Um, the song choice here, Rolling in the Deep, starts playing at the Bar Mitzvah. And this is like, I didn't remember this, but it, it's somehow already, to me, the most iconic thing that we've seen in a long time. Blair gets into the middle of the dance circle and starts dancing in the most dorky way possible. In again, what I can only describe as the most ridiculous scene in Gossip Girl history. <laughs> yeah. Again, I did not remember this. I started dying laughing while I was watching this. 
Blair is like doing some kind of wannabe Cotton Eye Joe dance to Adele's Rolling in the Deep. I don't know if this is playing in universe or just like right. in the episode, but she's in the middle of a dance circle nonetheless at a bar mitzvah with a bunch of middle schoolers while they're just clapping for her and don't question what the fuck she's doing there. Well, they're also and trying to Chuck- stay low key, by the way. Yes, <laughs> and then Chuck is just looking admiringly, admiringly at her like a That's proud father, girl. also dancing along. Smart, Smart girl. girl. <laughs> um, I was wondering what I was going to grade this episode, but like based on this scene alone, it might have to be another A now. Like this scene is the best <laughs> yeah. thing we've seen in a long time. This scene is incredible, and then it, the, the fact that it then turns into a montage to help us check in on everybody else. It, it, yes. is, it is so out of place and such a horrible song choice. It is so embarrassing <laughs> for I television. I, I, but I, 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 I thoroughly so enjoyed it. I, I, ironic, I guess this, maybe this is a transition into no, ironically I enjoying it. Gossip Girl because it was I, – I, I love montages in media, and this is one of the funniest ones I've ever seen for the wrong reasons. I loved how the music swells down, and it like cuts to like Vanessa reading on the floor. And she's like, it's <laughs> yes. A great American novel. Dan, you've got to sell this book. It reminded me of a musical. I love it. I'm getting chills. It's amazing. It's true. Yeah, I love this sequence because they keep cutting from Blair and Chuck being awesome to Vanessa being terrible. And like <laughs> all to the tune of Adele for some no reason. There's no through lines whatsoever for the montage. Oh, I love it. It's like the high highs of Blair and Chuck to the low lows of Vanessa. And like literally low lows because she's like sprawled out on the floor just like reading this. Um, and so Vanessa returns to the loft. She calls for Charlie. And when no one responds, instead of leaving, okay, Charlie's not here. I did my job. Let me go back and keep looking for Charlie. She looks into Dan's office for some reason. Um, Chuck has now answer- entered the dance circle back at the bar mitzvah. Blair and Chuck are like square dancing and having the absolute time of their lives. I Like Mel was saying, I cannot remember the last time I saw both of them smile like this. Yeah. Chuck I, never has smiled like this. They're, they're going full force at us telling us like these two belong together. Look at it. Look at it. Yes. Enjoy, that enjoy was the it. worst part of it. In that moment, I went, oh, God. It, it was working. Right it was working. And then I'm like, no, but he was assaulting her last two episodes ago it was just so hard about, to watch instead, instead you of guys the joke punch, about it too do do this yeah, exact like, scene three uh, two yeah. episodes ago mm-hmm. just re- remove the yeah punch and we and really this in there we really have something here if we remove that that one terrible scene that joshua saffron really uh defended yeah. um would this scene be better if it was prince louis dancing with her in this bar mitzvah circle no it's no good Does, it doesn't have the same punch seeing no. louis manically smile like that yeah we don't want to see that guy's uh, he should leave his face the way it is. He, if he does anything too much, it just, it's just a little I don't strange. like when he tries to do too much with his yeah, face. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. Uh, Vanessa's snooping because she sucks, and she finds a copy of Inside by Dan Humphrey. Daniel uh, Humphrey. And- Daniel Humphrey. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes. Chuck and Blair are still dancing, truly having the time. They're they're the lives of the party, really, that they weren't even invited to. Uh, as Prince, uh, as poor Prince Luigi stands by himself waiting for Blair to return. Uh, you know, maybe Luigi should have been the one to save her life, and he would have been at the bar mitzvah, but no. And so... Blair and Chuck both somehow get, like, the chair treatment at this bar mitzvah. What, what, who do these little kids think that these two people are? Also, do they do that at bar? I thought that was a wedding thing. I've never been to a bar mitzvah. I've been to Me one either. bat mitzvah, and I don't remember Jen Cohen being hoisted above on a chair. So I, <laughs> I, I thought that was weddings only. Maybe just the best dancers get hoisted up. I'd love clarification. Yeah, but who, like, shouldn't the kid whose bar mitzvah is at some point be like, wait a second, that's not Aunt Helen and Uncle... Whoever, whoever they said they were I, pretending to I be. I think like, they realized, but they were just having too much fun with them. That's like, yeah, right. They could like stay. they were so good at dancing to Adele that they were just like, we'll let it slide. This is great. They're in the party. Maybe huh? everybody knew it was Chuck Bass that and Blair Walton. And they thought, oh, it's Chuck and Blair from Gossip Girl. Oh my god, put them on the map. 
this kid, yeah, this kid's got a story for the rest of his life. They're like, you know, do you guys read Gossip Girl? Yeah, Chuck and Blair from Gossip <laughs> B B. I know B and Chuck. Oh. They were both at my bar mitzvah. <laughs> no one is going to believe them. <laughs> they got one so drink. Vanessa's. <laughs> Vanessa's reading. Uh, she's smiling for some reason as she reads about what Dan thinks of Sabrina. And uh, back to the bar mitzvah, Chuck and Blair have to leave. But before they head back to the real world, Blair t- takes Chuck to an empty room and starts making out with him. All at freaking little Justin. <laughs> is that what his name? Justin? Little Justin's bar mitzvah. Joseph. 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 Sorry. sorry. No disrespect to Joseph. No, no uh, disrespect. It's He's a minor part of the state. No yes. offense to his big party. Wow. No, yes. Louis is still waiting for Blair to come back, and Princess Sophie tells him to just give up because Blair isn't coming, so uh, that's the answer to his question. Mm-hmm. Is she uh, Louis coming, is still though? certain. Wink, wink. That, well, <laughs> they should, yeah, they should have cut. She's not coming, and they cut this scene. <laughs> just like an uh, O face. <laughs> uh, Louis is still certain that Blair will be here as we cut back to Blair and Chuck about to fuck at a bar mitzvah. Insane. You have <laughs> that on your season four bingo card. I did not, but I hope this is a, a new season finale trend where someone Tradition. fucks at some bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah <laughs> so thank you for including the bat mitzvah you, yes. you never you never um, know it's gonna be no. there serena is still searching uh lily's on the phone with carol filling her in on the bad news uh serena opens the doors to a room and sees charlie about to jump out of a window again we are only halfway through this episode and already so much has happened charlie is standing in the window serena is pleading with her not to do whatever it is she's gonna do she begs her to step down from the window and Charlie is upset that everyone thinks she's crazy, but Serena understands. It's just Charlie's condition. She just wants her to step down so they can talk about it. She even offers to get Dan, but Charlie claims that Dan doesn't like her, and she, uh, she's like, listen, I'm not like this. That's why I stole your dress. She finally comes clean about stealing the dress. She says, I mean, you're Serena Vanderwoodson. And Serena tells Charlie that doesn't mean what she thinks it means. She, she's basically like, actually, if you can believe it, people actually use my name uh, quite negatively these days, so that, <laughs> that doesn't pack the punch that you think it does. Just ask the headmistress. Yeah, just ask Queller to come in here. She's pissed that I'm going to Columbia. <laughs> Hard to please. Um, Dan calls Vanessa. He asks if Charlie is there, and Vanessa's like, uh, no, but I have Oh, I forgot about that novel. mission, actually. <laughs> but I have been reading. I love this scene, too, how she just comes out with it. She's like, no, but I'm reading your novel. Uh, she's like, inside is incredible. And Dan is just pissed that she went through his stuff, which obviously, yeah, of course he is. They still have good, good terms the- at all right now. That should have been the only thing they talk about here. Even if they were on good terms, this is a huge invasion of his privacy. He didn't say, check out my book, read it. She broke into his office, found it, read it, something that he hadn't told any about anyone about. Huge invasion of privacy from Vanessa, and she still thinks she can make it go away by just saying, I know, I'm sorry, but it's just, this could be the best satire of the Upper East Side since Bonfire of the Vanities. Shut the fuck Shut up, it, Vanessa. Yeah. This is the, the most times in any episode, and this is saying something, the most times in any episode, maybe in any scene, that I've said, shut the fuck up, Vanessa. Like Mel said, in a blaze of glory. It really amazing work by her. Out Vanessa ing Vanessa. It's not like if this book was just on the kitchen table, then sure, like she was in that room looking for Charlie or whatever, or waiting waiting for her. But like you said, she had to she, find it. She had to go in a place she shouldn't be to find it in a place it was. This is so bad. Top I had to, of his desk. Okay, into his closed office. Was it closed? He leaves that door open all the time. <laughs> the light was off. Well, Vanessa knows that every which way to get into any room in that in that place. It's I had to pause the episode multiple times and just say, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up! <laughs> that was me. That was me watching this, these Vanessa sequences. And she keeps trying to tell Dan, like, no, yeah, yeah, Dan, shut up. Let me just tell you, this is great stuff. And she thinks she yeah, can just Dan win him keeps, over by saying how awesome it is. Right, and Dan keeps, like, being off and on about how angry he is. I wish he just didn't lose the energy that he has, like, in the beginning, And but he'll regain it by the end. So, 
Vanessa asks how long he's been working on it, and he says five years off and on, and he's like, put the book back. But instead, Vanessa starts lecturing Dan. Like, she's the one completely in the wrong here. Now, she's going to get on her high horse. She's like, oh, I thought you wanted to be in, on the inside because of Serena, but it actually goes back further than that. You always wanted to be on the inside, maybe even more than Jenny. And she has decided this because she read the book, even if it was true. Shut the fuck up, Vanessa! Is that what we're talking about? We're also, we're also trying to find this girl that could be trying to commit suicide right now, so let's go yes! back to that. Yeah, we'll and find he brings later, it up to her. She's like, "That's not important." Like, she's just like, "Stop going to try and find she Charlie." Li- she literally says, "That's not important." This that's not like- important right now. Like, yeah, that's the only thing that's important. That's what the whole episode's about, right? And then Dan says that the irony is that if he shows the book to anyone, it will cement his outsider status forever. So Dan has made it clear he does not want to show the book. It's like taking down all of his friends and family. He actually likes his friends now. He actually likes Blair now. Uh, he he doesn't want to like. People are going to know, like, obviously, Sabrina is Serena. If he oh, maybe publishes he wrote this book. better character names than <laughs> yeah, Sabrina, him. and I bet the I bet Charlie Trout. I was going to say, obviously, right? Charlie Trout is going to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, be a, this is That's the next Green American novel. Like Change your character names a little to, better. But they figured be it out fair, maybe. Could be placeholders. He's fair. not done yet. This book is not ready. Like, he was not planning on right. publishing this. Maybe, uh, like, the actual finished copy, he would change the, the names instead of having these placeholders. But so. And like you're saying, he's changed. Why is it printed? Who cares why it's printed? Maybe he just wanted to see what it looked like printed. (laughs) It's not up to Vanessa. I mean, it's true. Listen, I'm just saying, it's the next great, that's like the greatest satire since Bonfire of the Vanities. So we have to take that, you know, which they did as a high school play. So this could be (laughs) the impetus of, like, I didn't see, I didn't see the new Gossip Girl. I'm right. going to assume that they did a school play of yes. Inside by Daniel Humphrey. Inside Humphrey's. by Daniel Humphrey. I, you know what? I won't spoil the new Gossip Girl, but I, I will say okay. I hope that that is what what happens. But, so, oh, my God. So, Vanessa, we really need to dissect this scene. Vanessa tells Dan, you know as well as I do, you can't be an insider and make great art. You have to stand alone to observe it and not care whose feelings you hurt. She really thought she ate with that one. W- what the fuck is she talking about? Insiders can't make great art? Why Why are they throwing around the term insider? Like, it's something everyone says all the time. Dan, you're an insider. We all know. Right. They, they were using a lot of this lingo that's like, they made it seem like it, it has been lingo that's been used for the past four seasons that everybody just knows, and that's what they say all the time. <laughs> but it, 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 it is very, she, I guess she's saying that you have to be a Brooklynite, and you, you can't be like your dad and marry into it. You have to be like me in order to make good stuff. You can't be rich and well, make quality that, stuff. Everyone knows that ever since Rufus became an insider, his art's been super shitty. So you have to stay on the outside, that is and you prob- have to hurt people's feelings. Dude, that... That's also her statement. He has to hurt people's feelings in addition to being an outsider. And uh, Dan has made it clear he does not want to release it because it's his friends and family. But Vanessa doesn't give a shit because, of course, she doesn't. She uh, So that should be the end of it, though. Dan clearly yeah. said no, so that's it. I don't care what you want, Vanessa. Dan yeah. said no, so you have to respect his wishes. You already disrespected his privacy. Now, at the very least, you could say, all right, fine. I tried to convince him to publish it, but he doesn't want to, so whatever. So v- Vanessa, took Vanessa a take a look at where we are at now. You're the only person in, in this show I don't like anymore. Everyone else is my friend, essentially. So please don't <laughs> yeah, out me yes, to everybody. Yes, exactly, exactly. Vanessa now bossing Dan around, telling him to be a man and get it published. Like, like it's that easy, first of all. I mean, apparently it is because she's going to be able to get it published very easy at the end of the <laughs> Even episode. Even without him like, involved. No in like, edits. Like, yeah. To a point it's where like, they'll send checks anywhere in the world <laughs> because it's so good. They'll send the checks to her. <laughs> Again, this is the most shut the fuck up that Vanessa has perhaps ever been. They've really been saving it all for this season finale. And Dan gets a text from Serena that he needs to go help the girl he's seeing commit suicide. Like, the girl that he's been seeing is, like, about to kill her.
herself. And Dan's like, I really have to go. But Vanessa yells at him. He's like, stop thinking of them for once and do this thing for who exactly? Because like, Dan go get it published right it. now? Like, you think at, saying, at this hour I can go get this published? Vanessa is saying, stop caring about your friend who's having a mental breakdown right now and release a book because I want you to. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not a man. Release what? this book now and don't care about the girl that's going to jump off a window. In defense, I think Vanessa was saying that in the book she's portrayed well, so I understand why she would want to get it released. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan's like, all of my friends are going to hate me. And she's like, well, there's someone who's uh, portrayed pretty pretty well. Uh, so maybe you should maybe you should release the book and everyone will know how great I am. I bet yeah. that Vanessa was just misinterpreting things. She's just reading it thinking that she's coming off well. She thinks she's but really, like, she's, she's reading the satire on anyone, everyone else, but with her, she's just taking it as face value. She's like, yeah, well, I am I a good character. I sound good. That's a great. Um, Dan yells at Vanessa now. Like, he fucked up even entertaining this conversation, but yeah. it starts to get heated. Vanessa's like, when are you going to realize you were a better person until the day you asked Serena out four years ago? And then Dan replies, when are you going to realize that I had a better life before you climbed up my fire escape four years ago? Boom. Get her, Dan. Boom. Boom rest. Woo! I am, I'm so fucking glad that Mel is here in this episode, the famous leader of the Vanessa fan club, because when I saw this scene, I was left <laughs> saying, how the fuck can anyone... <laughs> a fan of Vanessa. Here's the thing. Didn't remember this. <laughs> you, I haven't even gotten up to it yet. No, I... Here's the thing. I can't say <laughs> Vanessa is a perfect character or without flaws. I just think she is a she character close, when you look back that really got the short end of the stick fucked over by writers for four seasons. And this is what happens because there, are, there is like merit to what she's saying if they were friends and like and maybe your delivery was better. Maybe a different mm-hmm. time besides this. Right. It's just that they never know how to execute on Vanessa properly and instead just always take this very abrupt, almost like unforgivable way to write her into a corner that we've hit the point where it's like, well, she can never literally come back because what do we do with her? So that's true. Nothing Vanessa ever does. I, and, you know, I won't say nothing, but like a lot of times it's not that terrible. It's the way she approaches it. Much like we were saying with Chuck a couple weeks ago, where if he's like, listen, you just met Louie. I actually love you. I want to propose with you. Uh, propose to you, I guess. Blair would say, like, yeah, okay, that's right. That's what I want, too. But instead, Chuck, like, gets drunk, pushes her down, says, you're mine, and, like, attacks her. Uh, <laughs> the execution, obviously all wrong there. V- if Vanessa, like, just lets Dan do whatever he's doing, save Charlie's life, whatever he's doing, and then afterward be like, Dan, you're going to get mad at me. But I kind of, when I was looking for Charlie, just stumbled upon your novel and like, it was so good. I couldn't put it down. Like, don't get mad at me. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, it was really good. Have you ever thought of publishing it? And just kind of like talk to him about it instead of being like, when are you going to realize that no one likes you? You're not a good person anymore. You're an insider. You have to publish this or you're not a man. You suck. Like, how does she think that's going to, is that hyping him up or what is it? What do you think he's going to do with that? In one way though, she's a little right about Dan. Well, yeah, okay. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying shut the fuck up. Yeah. There's a difference. <laughs> you can I, I don't think people right. do like him, though. I, I think he's pretty pretty likable in, in this world. I mean, he's got No, but he definitely did always want to be an insider. Perhaps always. Right, right, right. And he's pretty self-righteous about all of it. And he's yeah. always kind of just put up this front like he's better than all of it. He wanted to be a part of it. He's pushed a lot of people away and around to get what he wants. He sometimes has a conscience, but other times he's still like... You're no ba- and that's that's what's happened with Vanessa too, which is like no matter what they do, they try not to be this Upper East Side lifestyle, and they fall into these habits, and it's just a matter of how they allow them to deal with those repercussions. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they like have chosen that Vanessa can never be sorry, but everybody else can do anything and just give some sort of apology, and they're like, 
totally right, fine about right, it. Right, right. And in terms of Dan, it, it kind of comes out in like little ways here at the alumni event. Like he'll comes back and be like, now that we're back at high school, no one wants to talk to me again except for Charlie. He'd be like, oh, what? Come on. Since we're back at St. Jude's now, I'm out of the loop again. What's going on? I'd be like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, no so it's going to be that like, little bit of insecurity, even though he literally, like you said the other day, he, he dated like the it girl. Yeah, yes, exactly. Also, dated was, the it girl. I texted Maddie at some point and I was just like, he was like, I, or, I never had any good times in high school. I wasn't uh, much of a rebel. You had <laughs> sex with your teacher, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never did anything crazy. What whoa. about this No, that was normal. <laughs> That's just Gossip Girl. Easy, yes. So Chuck and Blair leave the bar mitzvah. Blair wants to find Louie and tell him it's over. Must have been an amazing bar mitzvah. Uh, she admits that she really likes Louie, but not like she loves Chuck. And this whole tone of this scene was like really weird. She's like saying these things. But I couldn't tell if she was like, saying that she wanted to go back to Chuck or like breaking things off with Chuck. Like she was saying things that made me think that she was choosing Chuck over Louie, but her right. tone was so sad that it still sounded like she didn't want to be with Chuck. Like it was such a strange scene. I, it was like, she knows that she can't be with Chuck cause she's now engaged and she's fully committed to this princess life, but she's having so much fun. I guess is where she's torn. Right. He's like, things with Louie are simple and he makes me happy. But what I have with you, Chuck is a great love. She's saying that, you know, if she's, she, you know, no matter what, no matter how much they fight, their love pulls them back in. And she says, what's mere happiness in the face of all that, right? But, like, she's basically asking, like, what's happiness in the face of toxicity? Like, us fighting and coming back together over and over again. Like, Blair's taking some weird lessons away from this relationship. Yeah. And if she is worried about happiness, I mean, I don't think she would be happy with Louis either. If she, if she think, I think her version of happiness right. is boring and being bored and just, like, she's kind saying, of settling. Right. She's saying she has a fairy tale, so she's going to be happy. But it is concerning that she's like, us fighting and coming back together all the time proves more, like, proves that this is a better relationship than the one where I'm just simply happy. Like, fighting and coming back together is better than just having a boring old happy relationship. I, I mean, I, 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 I guess you sort of understand from a point of view of passion, that's what she's trying to say uh, in a roundabout way. It's like, oh, I actually feel for you and I don't feel anything for Louis. Right. Also, right. That is that is a much better point. Like, right. I actually have feelings for you and I don't have feelings for Louie. That would have been a, a much better thing to say. Yes. I, I think also we know that Blair's frame of reference for everything is either these, like, torrid books or all these mm -hmm. old movies. Mm -hmm. And we forget because they're constantly drinking that the characters are 20 years old and True. not yes. adults barely at all. So they have these really poor choices of, like, mimicking TV and movies and literature into their god-awful choices. Right. These kids may be running their own businesses and doing whatever, but they are canonically 20 at this point. So that should be that should be yeah. kept in mind. It, and like you said, it is hard because they are treated like adults. From the minute one of the show when they are 16, they are allowed to just drink wherever they want. So they, they, like, <laughs> they are treated as adults everywhere they go, but they, they are still children pretty much here. Um, Serena's talking Charlie off the ledge. Charlie is telling Serena about how great she has it, but Serena's like, listen, you can have anything you want to. Like, first of all, Charlie got super jealous of Serena in a record amount of time. I guess this was all part of the plan, maybe, but as we were going to so, find yeah. out. But it was, it was wild. And Serena comes to the realization, she's like, after I talked with everyone at the party and they all just kind of like made fun of me and shit on my life choices, <laughs> I'm realizing now I didn't choose college. I didn't choose Nader Dan. I didn't even choose Paris last year. So Serena knows what it feels like to not make your own decisions. And this is kind of like the conclusion that she's coming to. And she says it feels helpless. You don't want to hurt anyone, but all you end up doing is hurting yourself. And I love 
that Serena is having a rare moment of introspection here. Like like I said, the two characters who are the worst, and Vanessa and Serena, really took different paths in this episode. I, I'm really <laughs> proud of Serena. I, I hope Kirsten's listening, because I'm so proud of Serena in this episode. Yeah, again, I, I didn't think too much of it, just because I'm so brainwashed about Serena in general, that whenever she does sort of have some, have some introspection, she throws it all away. And the fact that this is, this is happening in the season four finale, I could totally see the writers also just getting to season five, episode one, and just forgetting they did that. Uh, and just starting it's over really, with her. So I'm It's not, really I'm not funny that you say that. Because, yeah, I was reading our, like reviews for this episode, and one of the reviewers said, this debacle, along with the events of the season in general, seemed to have given S some perspective. Friends, she apologizes to Nate and Dan for leading them on and confesses to Charlie that her decision-making skills leave something to be desired. Even if lazy writing results in Serena falling into old habits next season, it's a pretty gratifying moment. <laughs> so... They, they acknowledge what you were, we're saying, that it's it, probably just, but... she's probably just going to go back to it. But you're also saying that this moment for Serena is a good one, right. and I agree with that. It's nice for now, but they're going to run out of things to, to do next season and be like, exactly. uh, let's, let's go back to the old tropes. I mean, by the end of this episode, she goes on this trip and it's saying, no boys, no bars. And We've the heard first that guy she talks to, she's like flirting with, she's stealing his job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Serena was, I will t- yeah, I'll say, I have uh, an opinion on the way she looks. <laughs> <laughs> you always do. So... <laughs> Uh, Wait, Charlie I do gets- want to say this episode. I think everybody looking 10 out of 10s. Yeah. Everyone looks oh, yeah. beautiful, dressed to the nines. Everyone looks incredible at this high school soiree yeah. thing. I can only give one person a thumbs down in fashion, and that's Rufus, who is wearing a sweater and button-down long sleeve shirt in <laughs> May, June. Like a real <laughs> house husband. Um, that's right. Serena's that also house husband her, like, goodbye Charlie outfit was awesome too whenever she wears weird like 80s clothes it just looks really cool i thought you were referencing uh that disney show but that's good luck charlie isn't it i don't think i know what you're talking about oh is that good luck charlie isn't that a tv show maybe i'm old but i've heard of that thank you Brendan, <laughs> where 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 are you young here? and hung and you, I you never watched good luck charlie I don't an american so. sitcom that aired on disney channel from april 4th 2020, 2010 to february 16th 2014 uh, who's the main character in that? Shelley Duncan. Really? Uh, a lot of Duncans. <laughs> all the, the whole Duncan family. Bridget Mendler was in it. Oh, those are, those are the actual those are the characters' names. <laughs> it's like they're all related. <laughs> wow. Wow. They got every actor named Duncan to be in this show. <laughs> Why do they read the text that was like almost blurry instead of the bold? <laughs> all right. Let's not get derailed further. But so... Charlie gets off the window ledge, uh, tells Serena she's not alone. She says, I'm here. And she asks Serena if she could do it over again, who would she choose, Dan or Nate? Which seems to come out of nowhere. Like, that's what she got out of this? Is she just curious? Why does that matter right now, who she would have chosen? uh, One of these things that I'm like, why are we talking about this now? What's going on? Also, she chose the grown adult teacher who was sent to prison for his relationship for her. Yeah. There's a third choice you guys forgot about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Serena doesn't answer and just dread, grabs Charlie's hand and smiles. Kind of a weird ending to the scene, but okay, sure. I chose neither. I chose you, Charlie. Come here. I choose you, Charlie. <laughs> um, Louis is still at the event. What a, I mean, okay, I'm going to be a hypocrite here because I, my first thought is, what a sad man just sitting around waiting for Blair. <laughs> but, like, if he wasn't there, I'd be like, wow, he doesn't care about her at all. He just he, he left her. So I, I guess I do have to pick a lane here. A little here, bit of both. And, but, I, I'll say he's both. He's a sad both. man and uh, he's a good guy. Sad man and a good... You know, that's my new Twitter bio. Sad, <laughs> sad man, man and a good, but a good guy. <laughs> Put on a shirt. <laughs> sad man, but a good guy. With the sad man on the front, but a good guy on the back. back. And it's just Louis looking to... What? It's we gotta Louis have a chili shit stand on, on every shirt. It's our tagline. That's, our, that's, our, <laughs> that's how you know it's ours. There's the chili shit stain on the back. Personally, so put on Louis, a shirt. 
<laughs> Luis stands up for Blair, and uh, he, he says he knows Blair's coming. He knows her. He believes in her. He says, I know she's scared, but she'll figure it out, and I'll be here when she does. <laughs> and I, guess, I guess good for him for not going the crazy jealous route. He really doesn't do that at all in this episode. And just then, Blair turns the corner to tell Chuck that he left something, but Louis is just happy to see her because he knew she'd come. And ironically, Blair is here to break things off with her, and she's like, oh, we need Blair, to talk. You have and that she freshly starts- fucked face on. <laughs> it looks like you had just had sex at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Can't wait for Lonely Boys Theater. <laughs> Let me rewrite the scene real quick. <laughs> she starts to tell Louis that she's breaking up with him, but like in front of Chuck in the middle of this crowded room, like now is not the time or place. I don't know why she's doing it here. And then I, I, I kind of like, commend her for like getting right to the point a little bit or trying to. I guess, anyway. yeah. She's going to rip the Band-Aid off. But now for another unknown reason, for now at least. But uh, Blair does the unthinkable. Uh, he Or Chuck does the unthinkable. He cuts Blair off and he's like, what she's trying to say is that you have my blessing. I couldn't be more happy the two of you were getting married. I was so, I was like, why is he doing this? Like, they, they were about to get back together in spite of everything that happened. He had it. He was going to win. But I guess, you know, Chuck really thinks she's better off with Louie. Uh, what about the bar mitzvah, though? They had such a good time. I I, th- I think he's just saying goodbye because he knows it's it's what's good for her. And he, if you if you love something, you let it go, like they say. Yeah, in I, I I <laughs> I guess he's making the ultimate sacrifice, but like he is still kind of taking Blair's agency away from her. Like this yes. isn't what Blair wanted. So is he even taking what Blair wants Ooh, into consideration? Yeah. Yeah. We just had this whole thing with Serena talking about not having choice. Choose. Making everyone's makes choice for me, or I never make choice myself. And then we have a scene where it's like Blair doesn't even get to make the choice right. that. Chuck I that, think does she that was going thing. to make, but then the next scene kind of makes me feel like she wasn't going to. I truly have no idea. But then still, like, I, th- I think things are still, still so uneasy with between the three of them that Blair could have still been like, no, 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 no. I, I fucked him just now. Like, I, I will tell you straight up, I just fucked Chuck like a half an hour ago. And then that would have been enough for Lou to be like, that's it. I don't know. Even if Chuck doesn't want to be with her right away, I think any any inkling of the two of them doing anything, Lou would have been out officially. Well, so we'll she could have spoken out in a few months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we just may. We just may. Um. So yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think it would have been a mistake for the show to put uh, Chuck and Blair back together so soon after right. what happened a couple of episodes ago. This is part so of them trying to like really make you root for him too. It was like, oh, look at him. He's so, he's such a good guy by giving her up right. and doing what's right for right. her. Look at him sacrificing her. Uh. But yeah, we're putting the we're we're. That's exactly what's happening. We're looking at Chuck as like the hero here now because he's making this. He's being the martyr. He's making the sacrifice. Where like I wish Blair would have kind of pulled a Serena and just like take. I can't believe I'm saying that. Or just like wow. did at least what she said she was going to do and like take a step back and be like, listen, Chuck, you're not choosing for me. I'm choosing for myself, and I just need some time right now. Like Louis, I'm not saying no to your marriage proposal or anything. Like, but just give me a few seconds. Let me think this out. Give me a few days or whatever, and uh, I'll I'll get back to you on this. But no one is making this decision for me except for me. But. That is not what happens here. Chuck kind of decides for her, and she's like, okay, I guess I'm with Libby now. Um, Nate and Dan are both here to meet Serena, of course. Uh, they're like, why do I feel like we've done this before? And they open the door and see Serena and Charlie. Charlie doing much better already. All, all Serena needed to do was say, I suck, and I need to be better. And Charlie's like, oh, okay, now I don't want to be like you anymore. She's no longer and drunk, so, or unless she was never no, drunk. I, don't know. I think she was probably never drunk, but it's yeah. weird that no one points that out. Like, you're right. no longer, it must have been all that fresh air from the open window. <laughs> That's all it takes. Serena should really look into a career in this, like talking people down from ledges. Do I mean, that's, like, something, that's something uh, that Queller would be proud of. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Queller, look, I saved a life. <laughs> yeah, but you go to Columbia, you fucking loser. <laughs> Still in the city. <laughs> Still in the, Yeah, you saved a life in the city. I thought you were going to get out of here. <laughs> oh. 
Serena says she called them down here because she owes them both an apology, and she finally apologizes for making them wait around last fall for her to figure her shit out when she never did. Uh, this is growth from Serena. Again, I'm proud of her. And she hopes that they can forgive her, but they are both so quick to forgive Serena, it's almost unbelievable. With, without a millisecond even passing, Nate's like, of course we forgive you. And Dan takes it a step oh. further and goes, we already had forgiven you, but thanks anyway. Yeah, but it's, cause it's, it's been so there. long at this point that, like, yeah, they probably forgot about it almost. Yeah. But it's nice that she apologizes. Dan probably yeah. forgave her in the moment. Dan lets everything slide off his back when it comes to Serena. He's oh, yeah. such a dork. Yep. Or like it so, had been bothering him a little bit, and he's trying to play it cool. Yeah. So Lies. Charlie also <laughs> Charlie also apologizes. Uh, they Dan offers to get her coat and take her home, and all is right in the world for now. Uh, Serena goes to get the coats. Nate goes to get a cab, and Charlie says she's gonna call her mom. So Dan goes off somewhere else to wait for her. Charlie calls Carol. She says, "Hey, it's me. I thought you should know it went perfectly. I'll see you soon." This is the first infling, infling where we're like, what? what? What the fuck? We are finding out that Charlie is a lot more devious than we thought. This was apparently all part of the devious plan. What was, what was your first thought here, Brendan? And also Mel, I guess, since you had not uh, seen this this episode either at this point. Um, I, I wasn't thinking anything about her or maybe not even being a part of the family like we find out. Uh, I, I just assumed her mom was scheming and maybe was like was, was broke yeah. and needed money. But I was right. just interested to see where else this would go. I, I had not been looking at the runtime, so I didn't know how much we had, had left. I thought this was maybe going to be the end of what we saw from her. So I'm glad there was a little bit more and slightly more explanation. Yeah, oh, similar. Yeah. I thought it was like family hijinks where it was like, we, mother and daughter, are going to pull a right. heist Roads against together. the Vanderwoodsons. Yeah. Yes. So, but of course, uh, Georgina is randomly here to overhear her. She asks if she found the open window, and Charlie goes immediately back into character, says she was just off her meds. But Georgina's not buying this shit for a second. Like, with Georgina, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like like you said, Brendan, she can smell a scheme a mile away. She knows what's happening. She just simply says, I don't think you were ever on meds. And she's like, I'm not going to bust you. And I, I guess because Georgina also appreciates a good scheme above all else, uh, she just... Tells her that she's assuming she's about to get shipped off somewhere. But if you're ever back in the city, let me know. It's been getting a little dull around here. And this is why I will always love Georgina. Because all she cares about is chaos. She's the most consistent character in how much she thrives in the chaos. Yeah. And she gave Charlie her number written on a napkin. Will we see them uh, cross paths again, team up again in some way down the line here? Absolutely. Also, I, I just want to point out how we were, we were shitting on Charlie for leaving her leftover pills in the most obvious garbage pail ever and it was all right. part of the plot good for her that's so, true I, 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 I guess she was doing that on purpose good for you for also not like to, for being a good host and not even I, I guess i can't see you right now so that probably helps but i wonder if you were even giving like a little smirk after i mentioned the uh the pills and how rufus should also be like um this is a little weird that she just put these right here like i'm gonna <laughs> obviously find these she's probably Don't acting Sometimes I am very proud of myself when you like straight up mention something that's gonna happen in the show yeah. and like present it as like as a wacky thing that you're just saying, and <laughs> I just have to be like, wow, that would be crazy. Like I'm like, yeah, wow, you're good, good for at you. it. Yeah, yeah, good for you for not letting it slip. So sometimes I'm wondering if you just forget, but I, I know you've seen this show a few times, so you probably don't forget much. Except the yes. bar mitzvah. Except for, I did yeah, forget I the bar mitzvah. I can't believe I for, I will never forget the bar mitzvah again. You never will. Um, Blair is mad at Chuck. She asks him why she did that, and. Chuck says it's because of what she said earlier. And Blair, again, has her stance on happiness. She says, people don't write sonnets about being compatible or novels about shared life goals and stimulating conversation. The great loves are the crazy one. Again, I don't know if I can co-sign all of this. I, does she have a point? Like, I'll speak for myself. I love happiness and stimulating conversation. Yeah, that's that's kind of all there is. Kind of all I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the exactly. whole thing. So, 
But Chuck tells Blair there's a difference between a great love and the right love. And, you know, again, we have our feelings about Chuck now, but Chuck is the one making some sense here. And now Chuck is going to get introspective and reflect on his mistakes as well. Not the most recent one where he assaulted Blair, but the one in season three where he says, I left the Empire State Building last year after two minutes when you didn't show. Louis waited all night. This is your chance of happiness. Yeah. You think you shouldn't want it because you've never had it and it scares you, but you deserve your fairy tale. So it really was just because Louis waited for her. Thank you, Chuck, for pointing out how impatient you are i mean louis waiting for blair all night really changed something in chuck and I, i'm constantly just going and, like no she will come she will come she will come i am sure of it i know my blair <laughs> even though she was coming to break up with him but right um and now I, i'm kind of coming around on the fact that this is a, okay. a sweet gesture from chuck although I, I do think it's still like we have our feelings about chuck it's still i hope you don't a little, i'm gonna clip that a little a little self-sacrificing on his part but uh it, it did like kind of win me like he is doing this for the good of blair in in his mind so i do appreciate that yeah it's, it's uh it's something if, if we were at rock bottom with chuck two episodes ago we are uh on a steep incline here now you know Which, the episode where uh, spongebob is at rock bottom yeah it's kind of scary It'd be funny if Chuck was in that episode instead. How Chuck would react to missing all the buses. That would be, be that good. would be pretty funny. There's also the, the uh in Battle for Bikini Bottom, the GameCube video game. I think it was also on PS PS2, it was probably on all platforms. Um there that was a pretty scary level to play. So maybe it would be funnier if you could play as Chuck Bass in that level. I don't know why we never got the Gossip Girl SpongeBob SquarePants crossover episode. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe if there's um, another reboot of Gossip Girl we'll get that. <laughs> So Blair says that they make their own fairy tales, and Chuck replies, only when we have to, which, wow. Another, like, again, the Chuck, bad guy, objectively, but this is another, like, for me, a great Blair and Chuck scene, of course, and the writers have found yet another way to keep them apart while still bringing them together for these scenes at the ends of episodes. Um, do you, Brendan, still think that they're endgame? Yes. I think this, if anything, makes it the most obvious that they are doing anything they can to plan for it end of series end game like just trying to prolong it as long as possible and still every time they break them up make you root for them again somehow Mm -hmm. that's true that's true um though blair feels awful about tonight uh he's never uh, she's never felt like this before Uh, apparently this is the first time blair has ever felt guilt and chuck feels it too uh he thinks he may be growing up after all and this was when i was like man such a good growth arc for chuck i really wish he didn't just assault blair a couple episodes ago recently it's kind of you funny that he's that... so happy he feels guilty. He's, like, smiling about it. Yeah. I feel guilt. I'm it. guilty right now. <laughs> you will say every episode, like, it feels like different writers. And mm-hmm. I've never felt it more than this scenario of, like, that somebody wrote it, submitted it, they filmed it, and then someone's like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, no, oh, I don't yes. like that. No, bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so they're slowly going to try to walk it back, I guess. Uh, Chuck gives Blair a final forehead kiss and leaves her with some parting words. Don't let anyone tell you you're not powerful. You're the most powerful woman I know. Now, Chuck really thought he ate with that, and he actually did. Telling Blair powerful, always going to be a win in, in mm. my book. That's the difference between Chuck and Vanessa. Vanessa thinks she's doing something, and she's just floundering. <laughs> Chuck actually does have these good lines. Yes, he does. Also, I, I love a good forehead kiss. Big fan. God, I love a good forehead kiss. Um, the thing is, Blair, like, feels like she clearly doesn't want to leave Chuck. Is she even going to be actually happy with Louie, or is this just, like, a pointless sacrifice? Yeah, it's it's crazy how how much she's fallen from love with with Louis so quickly. Like I, I was kind of into the two of them. Like, like oh, she seems like she's pretty excited about it, and I I could see where it was going for the most part. But 
she seemed like it, the two of them maybe were going to work. And then now, ever since the bar mitzvah, it seems like she's just shaken to even be with this guy. Yes. So Chuck reiterates that he has to let her go and she needs to let him go. And they're crying. And, well, Blair's crying at least. And Blair tells Chuck that she will always love him. Chuck replies that he will always love her. And like how far they've come since they both refuse to say I love you back in season two. And Yeah, crazy to, to that- have those two exchange those words and then for them to go their separate ways afterwards. Yes. And Louis just like right there in the stairwell and Blair leaves Chuck. And then <laughs> Chuck like seemingly turns into a statue. He just kind of stares at the wall and does not move for the rest. Maybe of the you rest won't of notice me. <laughs> and uh, another, I was again, reading reviews on this, uh, Judy Berman on the, on the writer's direction of Chuck and Blair's relationship said writers really could have messed up this relationship, delivering B right back into the hands of an erratic alcoholic with a history of abuse. But in a perfect feminist world, Blair might've been the one to realize that she couldn't be with Chuck. But although the ending isn't ideal, I'm at least satisfied that the gospel girl team realized it was too soon to reunite this toxic couple, which I guess is kind of how I come down on it as well. Like not ideal. It wasn't perfect that Blair wasn't the one choosing for herself, but at least they had enough sense to not put them back together after that. I guess so. That that seems like a like a a good spin on it. I'm just sort of like, how do you go forward with this Louis thing in it in it likely ending? Because like, is she going to get married and divorced? But it's a little weird because these royals is did they just kill him? Like, I don't know. Ooh. That's where I'm kind of like, how does this? Oh. Mel, you you don't know what happens going forward. I do not know what happens going forward. Uh, This is me pure speculating of like, it just seems like a weird one. I mean, obviously we we can get to the end of the episode too. I mean, might not go through with a wedding if I had to guess, but I guess there's a third option, a third path. But I definitely was in the camp, like how Brendan was, which was like, I really bought these two as a couple. It seemed to really work. Then you throw Chuck back in the mix and you're like, oh, we know this isn't going to last now right. whereas before i think i would have thought this has legs i now think this will probably be done in like six episodes all right we'll see um blair walks straight to louis thanks him for waiting uh she says she had to say goodbye and she kisses louis again good for louis for not getting crazy jealous i, I thought I, that when he heard all of this he was gonna like freak out I or something know. but he just grabs her hand and they oh. walk up the stairs doesn't ask why she's crying just like let's go <laughs> he kind of gets it too he's like you know what they're closing a door i'm gonna respect yeah. that very mature because I, I actually I also it. thought he was gonna be a piece of shit so right i thought he was gonna see this and be like oh you and chuck are back together again wee wee yeah i thought he might be like kind of just like like okay well now we're just gonna go through with this because now i have to and i'll treat you like shit because right i think we just assume every man's gonna treat the women like shit on the show hopefully hopefully this one is different hopefully well, not hopefully not yeah hopefully not so three weeks later, and seriously, why does every single season finale end with an epilogue for the last 10 minutes? It, it is their go-to season long finale epilogue. format. They, they're always long. They always, like, I don't know what, it, they're always like, all right, season finale time, let's do a 10-minute epilogue. So I guess this is how they like to do it to set up next season, but uh, let's let's zoom through the epilogue here. Rufus is reading the paper. Russell's going to jail for 20 years. They're all reacting to it. Uh, they want to know when Lily's going to get the ankle monitor off, and it turns out, not going to be over the summer, so she's going to get pale, but it's going to come off just in time for her to send baby Eric off to college. And uh, Eric remarks that he's going to Sarah Lawrence, which is 15 minutes away, so he doesn't really need to be sent off. Uh, oh, Queller there. I kind of wanted him to leave the state. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Qu- Queller comes in like, not you too, Eric. <laughs> I, don't now, know if, I don't know if I'm ready he... for a, a pale Lily next season. <laughs> That's what your big takeaway is. <laughs> That's what I'm she looks about. like a fucking ghost. Now, they flag up here that Eric's not going very far. He's going 15 minutes away. And yet, we will never see Eric again. He is on the Wow, no way. This is the end what of Eric. What the hell? I know. That's I know. crazy. 
Wow. I believe it, I, I don't remember where I read this. I, I believe he got like a more permanent role on another show. I believe oh. they had plans for him to come back, but he he uh, got a position on another show. So uh, is this when he went to Revenge? Yes, I watched that's that. Yes, yes, yes. It yes. was Revenge. I, yes. And I've been actually wondering the whole time because since Eric always kind of like dipped in and out, yeah. I never knew if both were happening at the same time or was, if he went later because I couldn't remember like, when Revenge started. Was he a main character on Revenge? Yes, he was like. Okay, so the yeah. brother of elite. I mean, he was oh, probably he's good at playing brothers. He was, he's yeah, he was the he was Eric, but just you know, okay. he was huh. he was straight on this other show. That's his oh. difference of character. He didn't, he didn't get typecast. Uh, he, he did get typecast as a brother, but not but not as a gay <laughs> yeah. brother. Yeah, yes, I so this I did. Was, this was pretty sad. I was. I just, this is a I'd forgotten the show, me. but yeah, yes. I mean, to be fair, you did ask me at some point, like much earlier, uh, when Eric leaves the show, and I did tell you after season four. So I guess you had since forgotten, but. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, you didn't say exactly when. I, I don't remember that actually. But to defend myself, <laughs> it could be any time. I'll after defend myself, before. but you know, I did. I did. <laughs> so, uh, Blair and Dan come in, which I guess means they were just hanging out together, which seems promising to me. Uh, it's nice that Chuck and Blair can be in the same room together, even though they're not together. Like, it's not this. Like, whenever Chuck and Blair are broken up, it's always like this weird, like very toxic, very intense. Like, anytime they're with each other, it's like they yeah, have to yeah, stare yeah. at each other in the eyes and be like, like. I want to be with you, but I can't be with you. Like all of that. It's you. nice that they can just be together. Like it, it seems like Chuck has accepted this. Yeah. yeah that's growth. It did so, feel not sexual whatsoever when they said yeah. goodbye. It was like right. very like cold and clinical. I don't know. Yeah, what they you're did watching. not. It did not seem like they needed to sneak away and, and have sex at a bar mitzvah again. So that's, that's <laughs> good. So Chuck and Nate are going to head out uh, before Chuck goes. He asks Blair about her summer plans and she's going to Monaco for the summer and Louie is picking her up in an hour. And so Chuck kisses her on the cheek non-sexually and heads out. Uh, now it's Dan's turn to have his conversation with Blair. He jokingly tells Blair he can't believe she's getting married and uh, she replies that she can't believe she's inviting him. So again, insider status there. He's going to a royal wedding as she as she uh, pretty cool as she brings up. And again. Just aw, I've missed these two. It's only been a couple of episodes, but it feels like a lifetime that these two. I know. Uh, haven't I'm, really I'm had so glad together. that they had this little bit. I, I could have seen again them forgetting that they have a friendship and just this not happening. So I'm glad yes. it still exists. And again, I love them as friends. I really love that this is I the path so they ended excited. up with. That they You're going to get here. there a little bit, but I'm so excited that what it seems like is that after Louis, Dan and Blair are going to bridge the gap to uh, Chuck Endgame. Oh, here no, we go. No. It's they coming back. It's coming back. No, no, no. Eric so Dan tells it. Blair his last, his last words. That, yeah, that's true. Yes. Dan tells Blair that if the castle gets lonely and she wants to watch a movie with a friend, but Blair has already copied his cue and their email discourse begins Monday. I love these two. They're going to have an email discourse. They're going to have a little film club. So I, I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Me too. So Rufus's cell phone rings. Uh, Charlie's car is here to take her to the bus. Uh, she could use the downtime. The city's not for her. Uh, Queller would be so proud. She's getting out of the city already. She should <laughs> be there at her. the bus. She'd be there at the bus stop, giving her a thumbs up. I That's think, my girl. <laughs> she had way my too girl. much impact on Serena's summer. She probably bumped into her at the at the charity event and was just yeah. like, "Get, get out, out of the out city! Of get out, get out of the city! I'm warning you!" What is Queller planning on doing to the city? <laughs> Queller's just reimagined as like a horror character. It just like pops up in dark rooms. Get out of the city! They're coming for us. Queller's the baby. Remember when we thought world. Maddie wouldn't have energy? Here it is. Right <laughs> here, it is. here, here, baby. So, uh, for now, it's back to Florida for Charlotte. Uh, I don't know why I called her Charlotte instead of Charlie. Uh, but Darina's a little sad because she liked having her cousin around. And they hug. Everyone's gone now except for Dan. So Charlie and Dan also hug, tell each other that they really liked each other. And 
it seemed like they were setting Eric to come up back, and he does not uh, because of his starring role on Revenge, of course. And it seems like they're writing Charlie off now, but uh, not only is Charlie going to be back next season, as we can maybe guess by her looking at the napkin, but she is promoted to main cast next season. So I'm very oh, excited. Shit. Wow. I am very excited for, for the uh, the main Charlie slash Ivy main role era of Gossip Girl. Got, someone Wait. had to replace Jenny and Vanessa. I have an Eric question. He mm-hmm. made the comment that was like, oh, Dan's not sad about Charlie leaving. Right. Was he inferring that Dan was sad about Blair? Yeah, or is this Dan so. yes. yapping about Serena? No, no, no. I, I, I read it, it right after the Blair conversation. That Blair's gonna be gone. Yeah. I kind of thought it too. I was just wondering. He, he also made a look at Dan and Blair, I think, when they had that exchange too. They cut to Eric making mm-hmm. eyes at the Yeah, I thought at- that was a weird cut too. And it was like, oh. I think they were kind of setting something up, but I, I really hope that they just remain platonic. That is my favorite version of the relationship between them, those two. Um, Chuck and Nate, I've also missed the bromance. Like I, like I said, in this episode, we get these pairings back that we've been missing so much. Uh, a little weird. Chuck isn't drinking, and that's how Nate knows that he's he's depressed. He's like, he's <laughs> oh like, when, it's like you're, you're like, I know, whenever depressed. He, yeah, whenever even when even you know you can't dull the pain. Like so, I know this is serious because you are not drinking. So that's very interesting. Um, Chuck has accepted that he isn't right for Blair, and Nate is surprised that Chuck is maturing. Uh, Nate had some guy named Victor. I don't know if we were supposed to know who Victor is, but he's like, yeah, I had Victor pick up this globe for me. And being at St. June reminded him about the lost weekends they had, so why not graduate to a lost summer? And I think this is a scene I definitely did remember. I think this is a pretty famous scene with the globe here. Uh, Nate has the idea to spin the globe and just point to the spot, and wherever they land, they'll start there over the summer and make their way back like old times. Uh, a rare great idea from Nate here. I, I love it. But and then maybe I, I would I be a little nervous, is... though, because last time Chuck did something like this, he got stabbed or shot. Yeah. Which one. No, he got shot. Yeah. Got shot in France and turned into yeah. another person. <laughs> it turned into Henry. Uh, man, what a long season. Can you believe that was this season that he was What? <laughs> what? That was the beginning of I this season. I can't believe that. The Eva era was That's the last time episodes here. of season four. Yeah. I know. I actually did consider, I was like, should I go back and listen to what my episode one thoughts were? But I had no time. So here oh, we yeah. go. Before I watched the show, I remember seeing like tweets of people, like I guess in real time, being like, I want to be rich enough to be like the characters in Gossip Girl and just spin a globe to decide where I'm going this summer. So this really uh, definitely was influential with some people. Maybe some people are doing this, a la Nate and Chuck, but they're going to be single buddies this summer. Nate spins the globe. Chuck stops it. They seem happy with the choice. Uh, they clink glasses. Which, yeah, <laughs> so much for uh, Chuck not drinking, I guess, because they clink glasses. But I want to know where they landed on because I don't, we it would have been see. funny if it, if it was just like Montana or something. <laughs> Epcot, because they both give each other Epcot. eyes like, oh shit. There's just a point. Going there's in. There's a point Epcot. on the globe that just says Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> the globe within the All globe. All right, we're we're going to Florida with Charlie. Um, Blair and Serena are packing. Uh, Blair's excited for Monaco. Serena is vacationing in Montecito with Grandma, Grandma Cece. And we have time for a classic Blair-Serena scene. This episode really does fit everything into it. We get we get everything. So Blair asks Serena if she's sure she wants to be by herself. And Blair tells her that she has a palace with an empty room. Um, so Blair desperately hoping that Serena would live with her this summer probably. But Serena doesn't pick up on the hint and says that being alone is what she needs. She says, no boys, no bars, just sunblock. And may- maybe that should be a... Another t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems, seems like that was designed just for people to make like their uh, their little bios on like Tumblr or something. Yeah. So, um, Serena needed to make a choice, and she chose herself, which sounds like Serena. What Serena usually does, it sounds like she's usually selfish and chooses herself. But okay, we're framing this as uh, she's actually <laughs> she's learning, such a so giver. that's all right. Yeah. Yes, and so. 
Uh, they joke about Blair's upcoming wedding, and uh, Blair's going to be the or Serena. Blair's not going to be the maid of honor. That would be funny though. Uh, Serena's <laughs> going to be the maid of honor, and they hug. So they're going to end the season on great terms, which I'm happy about. Uh, Dan and Rufus are washing dishes. Uh, Rufus says he isn't going to go stir crazy because he's producing that Panic album. And Dan asks about the house in the Hamptons again. Insider, he wants to go to the Hamptons, and he's ashamed to admit that he was looking forward to spending some time there. He would music to Queller's ear. He wants to leave the city because it's been getting him down again. Queller should just pop out. Yes, he's getting. Out. He's getting out. <laughs> it, it is shitty that even if it's be... just for the Hamptons, my boy, just get <laughs> off <laughs> of the city, please. Where, where'd you come from? It, it is shitty that like people give him a hard time about wanting to go to a beautiful place by the water That's in the true. summertime. Like, what's oh, wrong you with want that? to go to the Hamptons? Okay, rich boy. <laughs> like, like, of course, if yeah, if anyone yeah, has a house out there, please go there. It's gorgeous. Who doesn't want to go? Yeah, there's gonna be an empty house on the Hamptons. Who wouldn't want to go? If, so, if him and Eric were there, I would go there right now. Amazing, yes. This is when Rufus asks Dan if he's upset about Charlie, but Eric knows he's not talking about Charlie. And Dan's like, well, whoever, the Hampton House is all yours for the summer. And Dan asks Eric if he wants to come. They can be wingmen like Nate and Chuck, maybe break up a couple or two. Oh, this now, is this, so is this is a spinoff. This is sad. I've got to say. This. this is what I want to say. Like, yeah. Eric, instead of going to the revenge, he should have spun off into this show. And, like, I really wish we saw this summer season of just Dan and <laughs> Eric hitting the town. And that could night. be Dan's gay awakening, too. Wait, I just yeah. remembered something. Um, revenge takes place in the Hamptons. Oh, oh this makes so wow. much sense. Oh, cool. He goes to the Hamptons yeah. and never comes back. Is Queller on revenge? Can't remember. <laughs> in Queller character as Queller? The city. <laughs> yeah. It takes place in universe, even though uh, Connor Paolo is playing two different characters. I'm a headmistress. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, weirdo. <laughs> Rufus suggests that Dan get some writing done while he's uh, while he's away, but Dan says that his writing days are behind him. Rufus, surprisingly, with no reaction to this, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, oh, really? Right. That's kind of your whole identity. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should keep writing. What are you going to do if you're not I, writing? I think this is like the moment that. where Rufus officially gives up on parenting. He's like, I don't have enough time for this shit. I'm <laughs> Rufus so is like, bye. But not so fast. We see that Vanessa is shopping around inside by Anonymous to publishers. What a fucking dumbass. This publisher... <laughs> Not the dumbass. Vanessa is the publisher. I mean, not Vanessa's not the publisher. Vanessa is the dumbass. The publisher is the publisher, and Vanessa is the dumbass. <laughs> Just, Just to be clear, clear. <laughs> this, this publisher thinks it's one of the best debut no- novels he's ever seen. He asks who wrote it, but Vanessa says, "No, no, no, not so fast." I promised my client I wouldn't say. She's like pretending to be Dan's agent or something. Like, get a fucking life, you fucking loser. Vanessa is sure that once it's published, the author will come forward. He has to. Which, okay, sure, weirdo, and. The publisher asks where he should send the checks to, and she says, "I'll just collect the checks myself. Why not?" Yeah, so I I, I know she's not going to actually steal the money, but it, right. it sounds so it's sketchy. So, yeah, and the guy's like, "Okay," you and she it. shows the guy her address, and it is in Spain. And Brendan, you were correct. I can confirm, Vanessa's. This is Vanessa's last episode. Thank God. Get to the oil rig. Wow. <laughs> Gets the laugh. <laughs> And Vanessa, Eric, Russell, and Raina all showing up to the oil rig at That's the same crazy. time. Wait, you said that at the top of the Basin's episode, too. You were saying how many them. exits there were. And I was like, I thought there yep. were really just a couple. No, everyone's gone. Are. Everyone is gone. Uh, but, of course, Vanessa had to ruin everything one last time before she leaves. Like, she really goes out with a bang. Amen. She does. She really does. And so uh, she says she's moving to Barcelona because nothing is keeping her here. And to that I say... Good fucking riddance. Good fucking riddance. Enjoy. Barcelona. I am gonna miss hating Vanessa. Like Vanessa is such a fun person to hate because she never reaches like evil status, like right. fucking Jack Bass or She's even Chuck Bass. To a certain like she she's never doing anything like 
she's just an idiot. She's terrible. She's a terrible person, but in a fun way. It's fun to hate her. Yeah, I will give she's her been that. a lot of fun to hate. Nicest thing I'll ever say so, about Vanessa. For most of the series, they were trying to make her like relatable, and she never was. Yeah. She was just annoying. So it, it was. Just I, finally, they leaned into it. Yes, Maddie, Brendan, I think I told you before this, but mm. I've been thinking about this for a while, and. In honor of this episode, I yes, wrote please. what is a eulogy to Vanessa. And I think that we've talked a lot about some of my feelings in this episode. In fact, you just summed some of them up right now. And I wrote a little eulogy, if it's okay if I read it. Yeah, of course. I'll please, let me snap. Please. The floor is yours. Snaps, snaps, snaps for Mel. Thank you so much. Um, I've pondered this moment for years. How to memorialize your memory. I've written this in my head so many times. A memory for most of hatred. A memory of celebration to not see you again. But Vanessa... I will miss you. Do wow. not blame Vanessa for all the wrongs. Blame the writers. Instead of ever writing a complex woman of color on the show, Vanessa was largely the plus one to Dan, leading to a character so isolated from anything else on the show. She was a character who wanted to make the world a more equitable and fair place, and the writers demonized her causes and the way of life in favor of the Upper East Side bourgeoisie. They wrote her into corners of having no possible options to ingratiate herself into the group and instead chose to write her into scenarios she could have never escaped from, which is rich considering the writers chose to find ways to redeem a character that is a serial rapist and abuser. So true. So true. Yeah. Blame the show's stylist for her clothes, for they are the ones who couldn't figure out how to dress someone in normal clothes. Perhaps. Perhaps we can look back on Vanessa as a time capsule of our fa- horrible fashion choices we all made in the early 2000s with our sky tops and wearing business casual to the bar. While you may remember a lot of her miserable moments, and I promise you I too have cringed many times, let us remember that Vanessa has the honor of banging each straight male main character, <laughs> wink wink because we know who the fourth one is, and even got to have a threesome. Yeah. yeah. She even got to have a threesome with famed movie star Olivia Burke. You were great at Guitar Hero, too, and I think people really <laughs> underestimate what an important skill that was in 2007. I don't think she was playing that. Got, yes. You even got Nate to pretend to read. <laughs> Vanessa could do no wrong and no right. It was a no-win situation. You may not like Vanessa, but she served an important purpose, constantly fucking up and doing awful things in service of your favorite characters so they didn't have to take on those shitty plot lines and blame. So let us pour out a bottle of vitamin water as we say farewell to Vanessa, the ultimate MVP, most, oh most villainized pariah. Wow. Oh, wow. my God. Incredible. That incredible. was beautiful. That was, that was yeah. incredible. And yeah, thank you for the applause. Yes. I think, Brendan, you should also probably put some inspiring music in there when uh, uh, yeah. when, when she when she speaks. I mean, that is... That, that was beautiful. That was, I mean, you almost changed my mind on Vanessa. I will say, best defense of Vanessa I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Kirsten came on last week and defended Serena, and already this week I was praising Serena. So maybe next week I'll come on with this, and now I'll be a, a Vanessa supporter for the first time in my life. It's really just a new way to look characters. at her. That, really, it, yeah, those people that would have to take on all these things that she did, and she was the one that they just kind of were like, who do we give this to? Which is probably also why she's written so poorly, because they're just like, we need someone to do X, Y, Z, terrible thing. And they go, give it to Vanessa. Yeah, we can't do that to Blair. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, thank you for doing that. That This is uh, this feels like such a big, important moment in Lonely Boys history. Thank you so much. I mean, that was incredible. This moment will be marked in history. You really came prepared for this episode. I, I got got to commend you on that. And I hope one day my 
number one favorite character never meets his demise. And if he does, I will come back. And that would be, of course, my main man, Andrew Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> he better be back. Well, I could not give an MVP to because he wasn't on this episode, but he was on recently. Yeah. And I want to say honorary MVP. <laughs> yes, honorary MVP for Andrew Tyler. I was, when, as soon as Andrew Tyler popped up i was like oh mel's gonna be so happy everybody <laughs> knows this is my new niche <laughs> so uh a random guy is reading an f scott fitzgerald book on the on a bench <laughs> remember famously serena's favorite author what are the odds and serena who is choosing herself and not thinking about guys sees this guy reading the book and she of course stops and the guy says hi as if he, they know each other and serena just points out he's reading the beautiful and the damned which is her favorite novel and she's surprised he's reading it because most people only read novels they're trying to turn into movies which of course is exactly what he's doing again what are the odds? Like, and, and he just happens to like, he's like, oh, I told my boss I already read the book, but I didn't. And the meeting's in an hour. Please help me. Like, this screams setup, even though I don't think it is. Serena just happens upon this guy. And hey. is reading her favorite book and needs her help because he's going to turn it into and a he's movie. Like, is he like in a suit in, in this tropical place? <laughs> so so my, the thing no. I wanted to say about this is that Serena is so tan that I think it's racially insensitive. Excuse me. She's so, she's so overly tan. It's I think it's it's like blackface almost. She's it's crazy I crazy tan. Th- I mean, I guess she it's, was tan. It was, it I, was I jarring to me. I'm gonna have to go back and see. I mean, <laughs> I really didn't notice that she was quite that tan. <laughs> yeah. It was like the the worst makeup of the series, maybe. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, I horrible. I, I, I couldn't go back. I, and it see was it. it was really really the ugliest she's ever looked. Well, the uh, the possible the racially in- insensitive Serena Vanderwoods in here is, of course, uh, going to be asked her help. And she says she'll do it for good old uh, Scott Fitzgerald, which, again, okay, she, of course, she's talking to the first guy she sees. And here comes the guy's boss, who is none other than, uh, speaking of terrible people, disgraced oh, terrible person slash sexual assaulter David O. Russell is here on Gossip Girl. Nice. I was floored. Did not remember this happened either. And he's such a terrible actor, too. Like, doesn't even justify him being in here. And I guess at this point, like, it had not come out about what a terrible person he is, both, like, as a sexual assaulter and as just, like, a terrible person to work with on set, like, like an abusive boss. Like, so who, who just is he in general? All a, tracks, uh, though, by the way. Yes. Because he is a, a terrible boss to this yes, yes, random yes. guy. <laughs> so really, it was just kind of, like, giving us a sneak peek. And it also yeah. proved that if anybody was ever, like, Oh, the video of him berating Lily Tomlin on set, that's probably acting. We can see that his acting skills are, terrible. are horrendous. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. So that's very honest. Uh, this is, Brendan, this is a filmmaker that uh, is just a terrible person. Like, don't don't see any of his films. God, like a, he's a director? I, it takes a lot to not to have me not see a film that uh, Taylor Swift is in, but because Oof. he directed it. And also because he got terrible reviews anyway. I didn't feel like I was missing, missing much. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, have to go check that one out. <laughs> no, I specifically said no. <laughs> that sounds good. You can Google the article that was, I read one yesterday after watching the episode, and it was like, how does David O. Russell still get to make movies in Hollywood? And it talked about his abuse, his sexual abuse, and the way he berates people on set, and the fact that he's like, compl- like his movies have flopped largely. Right. Like he has a few under his belt he's like that not are even like- successful. No, he has like a few here and there, but ultimately it's a lot of flops in between like a few big ones. Yeah, so terrible person, terrible movie maker, terrible actor. He's just terrible all around. And he's going to be like, 
and immediately he's like, you're not working. You're talking to a beautiful girl, which I understand. And just oh. gross, gross to begin with. Uh, Serena's a huge fan of his, apparently, though. She's like, oh, my God, David O. Russell. He then... loved I Heart Huckabees. At this point, <laughs> he had, like, two movies. And then he tells the guy that, like... He's like, okay, well, here we have the beautiful and the damned. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Because Serena, like, replies in the most pretentious way possible by quoting the book. She's like, beautiful things only grow to a certain height, and then they fall and this fade This is the only book she's ever read in her entire life. <laughs> Probably. And he's so impressed that she read it. And he's like, you're the beautiful. He's the damned. Uh, here's what we're going to do. So uh, you are now going to work on this. And uh, I guess this guy's out of a job. He's like, the job's yours if you want it. And Serena seems interested in taking this poor guy's job. Like, such a weird, absurd scene. Why didn't this guy just give it to someone who has read the book in the first place instead of like giving this guy homework <laughs> yeah, and then not of giving it to this time. guy and then being like, oh, there's someone who actually read the book. Now you lost your job. Right, like, well, he's like, what? That's, that's the patriarchy, my friends. And Serena's like, sorry, I'm choosing myself over guys now. So I'm taking your job. I did like the twist that we thought Serena was going to choose this guy. Like it was going to be like a new Serena love interest. Thing, yes. And it was like, no, but Serena going to get a job. But you know. will you be? Would you be surprised if we do season five, episode one, and she's also dating this guy somehow, even though she stole his job? <laughs> no, because I do recognize that guy from like that period of time, and I don't know what he was like in. I just know his face. I would yeah, love if season someone. five, if season five dealt with the aftermath of working for David O. Russell. That would be interesting. Yeah, thing. this was like right around the time that some stuff is about to come out about David O. Russell. So absolutely, if, if we started season five and and that's like a main plot line of season five, Serena having to deal with her disgraced boss, uh, that would be very interesting. Um, so Charlie gets off the bus. Carol asks how her trip was. And Charlie says it was long, but nice. And hands Carol a bag. She says, they're all in there. You can count. And Carol says, thank you to wait for it. Ivy and says she played her part perfectly. Extreme ways drop. Brendan, play extreme ways right here. I know you don't know what that is, but play it anyway. What a reveal. What a twist. I, this really got me the first time I watched. This is one of my favorite twists. I really didn't see it coming. That this was not Charlie Rhodes after all. This is someone named Ivy this whole time. It, that's why it's such a, also was such a great mic drop, too, because we still don't know exactly who she is. <laughs> we know that she's not someone who we thought she was. She's someone entirely different, and we uh, will find out next season who the hell Ivy is. And I guess... It really had been a long time since they had seen their cousin Charlie because she had them all yeah. like they did not recognize. Well, that that's this what I'm wondering: their, is, this life, is this a lifelong con? Is, has this always been the person that they know? <laughs> she's, she's been, yeah. Carol wanted this money so badly. So since Charlie, was, this random Ivy girl, was six, she's been playing the part of Charlie. <laughs> but yeah, cousin Charlie is not Charlie at all. She's Ivy. Uh, what was your first reaction with this? Uh, I was more focused on what was going on with the checks situation. Is she just going to write checks whenever she wants them now? <laughs> I don't I understand. So. I think she stole a few of Charlie Rhodes' checks, so she's gonna she's she's gonna have some money oh, for herself right, when right, she okay, wants that it. Works. I, I guess they won't be. I was like, did they just take like Lily's checkbooks and they're just gonna write that? She's gonna notice that they're writing checks out of her account. Uh, now no, it makes sense that Charlie's they wouldn't checks. care if Charlie Rhodes, who is missing or dead or is in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But she, I guess they won't care. Yeah, about we have that no idea. Going Not there. another dead, a dead relative that's yeah. actually alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mel, what was your reaction? I was floored. I was shocked. I did not see this twist coming in the slightest, and I give them actual kudos and props for that. It was a really good one. Yeah, I could not believe this the first time I watched this. This floored me. This was, this was the most elaborate scheme of all time, even by Gossip Girl standards. And like that's saying something. How did Carol come up with this genius plan to like get her like? get her daughter's trust fund money i'm so sad we didn't get that spinoff now just because of this but maybe by not having that spinoff we were able to get like the ultimate surprise because if we saw that spinoff show we would have known like 
how devious Carol is. And this is like That's true, yeah. Oh. Yeah, good point. Would have been even better. For a second, I thought you were talking about the spinoff with uh, that I suggested with Dan and Eric hitting no, 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 the the, girls the and guys in the hands. I'm sorry. Revenge yeah. too. Yes. I mean, this, this um, also so is I a great, be... a great reveal, just because it now turns Charlie into a different person leading into the next season as a main cast member. Like that's yep. a, that's a huge moment. Oh yeah. So Ivy thanks Carol for hiring her. She gets her cut of the money. Uh, we see that. Uh, She's kept some of the some of the checks for herself. Uh, Carol says she's just happy they won't come looking for her daughter now, whatever that means. And uh, Carol asks Ivy if she's going to be okay going back to her world, as if she actually cares. Like, what, do you, Carol? You got your money. What do you what do you care about? What's going yeah, on with luck. Ivy? She she wishes her luck. And then uh, Carol, not Carol, sorry, Charlie also. Well, not Charlie either. Sorry, Ivy <laughs> takes takes out the Georgina napkin out of her bag, and it looks like she's considering giving Georgina a call. So. Um, if she, remember, Georgina said if she's ever back in the city. So she's going to have, like, the angel on her shoulder in Queller being like, stay out of the city. And then Georgina <laughs> the devil being like, come back to the city. Yeah, good impressions of angels and devils, too. <laughs> come back to the city. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Final scene. All the rooms in everyone's houses are empty, and we zoom in on a garbage can. There is a positive pregnancy test in it. Reveal upon reveal upon reveal. Mm. Dorota throws out the trash, doesn't even see it, and that is our seasons. Who's wow. pregnant? Dorota's pregnant again. She threw it out without thinking about it because she knew she was the one that threw it out in there. No, nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Well, I have to say Blair because we haven't seen Serena get any that I recall in a while. So my my guess is on Blair, but it would be a who's the father because, you know. Right. Yeah, I think yeah they they obviously want you to think that the issue is going to be with Chuck being the potential dad and then her finding out and yeah. I think that... uh, Charlie's pregnant with Dan's kid. Um, I, I guess if she got pregnant off of the the dry humping, then maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could happen. Is that not how? Is that not how it works? I mean, I can certainly splooge from a dry hump. So. All right. Well, <laughs> Big Brother has started on the East Coast, so let's zoom through these segments here. So that I don't know. Uh, user review of the week. I went back to the Gossip Girl wiki, and this was from a account called Love Chair Forever. So might might be a bit of a bias report here, oh, obviously. Uh, and they say, the wrong goodbye was called that for something, right? It's obvious Chuck and Blair are endgame, and if not, I am going to kill the writers. Ship oh, wow. chair forever! <laughs> One of the geez. best episodes ever. One of the best episodes ever. It really made me cry a lot. All right, <laughs> thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you, love chair forever. I love the passion. Someone better here. get that person's uh, meds out of that little garbage can. So next week, or not next week, whenever we get back from the off-season, uh, the season five premiere is called Yes, Then Zero. don't know what you're going to guess the actual, mm-hmm. what it's referencing is. Oh, but, that's uh, a do you have, <laughs> I saw the title and I was like, oh, that's bad. That's um, do you have a prediction based on the episode title? How, how could I? <laughs> how could you? Well, the little preview says, Serena loves her new job in Hollywood, but makes a costly misstep when she tries to impress her boss. Oh, so maybe oh, they're no. into the boss. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, we're right. Oh, no. Can right to it. Oh, no. Um, let's get into the episode grades. Uh, I went first last week, so Brendan, you can go first this week. Brendan, what do you grade this episode? This is a tough one because it does give us everything we usually want in a season finale or even a Gospel Girl episode in general. It is sometimes even batshit crazy and it may be a little bit too much for me like i I said early on it tried to pack in so so much and we we get this 10 minute epilogue and there's some like blair almost died 10 minutes into this episode and we we forgot about it so it's it's just (laughs) again poor pacing with with these 
season finales been season finales but it, it was so fun and we do get a lot of issues being resolved and we get potential fun stuff for the future uh, I, I, I didn't hate anything or anybody in this episode so I, I can't give it a bad grade uh, it's, it's not perfect it's far from perfect but it it gives us everything we do love about gossip girl and then some uh, i'm convinced to give this an a minus all right we'll take yeah. it a minus especially with that the bar mitzvah scene like it's it's that's an all times we had a couple all-time scenes yeah, in this episode it, it, it felt very big uh, mel would you like to go next with your episode grade yes this is tough because i was going back and forth between where where should i sit on this um I'm going to give this also an A minus. Wow. I think right. there's a lot going on. Um, as we said, the barments are really upped it. Um, it was very good natural acting in that scene. Um, <laughs> I thought there was, despite if we, incredible. if we ignore the rest of the season, really great moments between Chuck and Blair and some great mm-hmm. insight. I thought there was some great character growth, um, which I'm sure will regress immediately. Um you know, farewell to Vanessa, who goes out in a blaze of shitty glory because they really stopped caring, <laughs> truly. Um, as her, you know, fan, I still can't even defend it. She sucks in this one. But I am very intrigued about this, you know, great American novel and what the impact it could be. Um, and we got a little wrap-up. So I liked the reunions of everybody, too. It felt like uh, like things are changing and maybe, like, we'll see some actual progress and move past some of the high school bullshit. All right, another A minus. I love it. Now, okay, I-, I think I actually might have been grading on a season four curve when I gave last week an A because to me, this is what an A looks like. This episode had everything I'm looking for in a Gossip Girl episode: team ups, emotions, hijinks, callbacks, twists, reveals. I, I can't even go into it. There's so much. Vanessa being the worst was fun. She- again, fun to hate. She's finally gone. We get to say goodbye to her. Georgina's back. She's so funny. The Charlie Ivy twist is one that I genuinely did not see coming. The Blair and Chuck scene is great. I I, I love the epilogue. I-, I don't know if you thought it was tacked on or whatever but we got the cute Blair and Serena scene we got the Blair and Dan scene that I love there's so much going on in this episode the whole Russell trying to kill Blair thing happens in the episode it gets resolved like 15 minutes in the pacing is weird yes but there was enough to fall back on afterwards like Charlie's threatening to jump out of a window uh, the amazing incredible bar mitzvah scene set to rolling in the deep I haven't laughed that hard in weeks uh, the episode was so genuine genuinely so funny and fun I-, I really didn't remember liking the season four finale this much but I think I don't know. I was going to say each season's finale has gotten better and better, but I think last season's finale probably still takes the cake as the best one so far. But they've all been A's for me. And I am, well, that's not true. The season one finale was kind of boring. Oh, but we, you were on for Mel. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. That was definitely the worst of the bunch so far. But I am so happy the last two weeks ended this season strongly after it was really floundering in the second half. So I am happy to give this one an A and uh, some very strong grades overall for this episode. Uh, let's get into the MVPs here. Brendan, who is your MVP of the episode? My MVP is going to someone that left the show. Ooh. It's not someone that got a eulogy today. Essa. It's someone else. Oh. And this is my eulogy to him. Goodbye, Gotta Eric. Yep. I love you, buddy. I can't wait to see you out there in the Hamptons getting some tail or some front tail, as they say. Uh, good luck out there, buddy. <laughs> getting some front tail, as they say. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sad. Um, we'll, no, we'll miss you. You, you were. Uh, I know. Though Cheryl's moral compass is is no more. I know. We're gonna need a new moral compass. Uh, Mel, who's your MVP of the episode? I gotta give it to Georgina Sparks. She shows up. She comes. Nice. She understands the assignment. 
the writers understand the assignment when she shows up as opposed to other people. She made me laugh. They were really clever lines. And I feel like we're setting up some fun from here in the future that I look forward to. Great pick. Great picks by both of you. Uh, for me, I almost wanted to do a switch live on podcast and give it to Queller, but then I realized it was really just my impression of Queller that I'd be giving <laughs> yeah, MVP like to her. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm giving it to Georgina as well, because why the hell not? She comes back, she does what she does best, she causes chaos, she recruits new chaos agents in Ivy, and she has the funniest lines consistently making me laugh, so she's my MVP. Eric's also a great choice. I'm glad he got a farewell MVP from Brendan. Uh, now, let's see the LVPs, of course. Brendan, who is your LVP of the episode? LVP is, is someone that's been deserving for a long time, and I, I keep just missing him and this time he's not escaping me just like he's not escaping jail 20 years jail for you bye bye big thorpe <laughs> russell thorpe i mean this guy's all over the he wasn't in too many episodes but he's gotten mvps he's gotten multiple mvps he's got multiple lvps he did have an impact so that is a good call on your your part he tries to kill blair and he goes to jail for 20 years and his daughter like said i'm never talking to you again i'm never visiting you in jail yeah, so that's that, that's not um, Mel, who's your LVP of the episode? This is Vanessa, tough. of course. Yeah, it, should, it, it honestly should be, but I won't do it to her <laughs> because I can save that honor for, for you all. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know if he fully deserves at the level I do, but I'm just going to do it because I feel like it. I'm giving it to Dan. I'm just sort wow. of wow. over his high and mightiness. He's so gullible. He's like, wow, I really did like you, Charlie. You like didn't like her for half the episode she showed you one bit of attention suddenly you change it he falls for a woman at the drop of a hat he was nasty to vanessa even if she was an asshole for someone who acts so high and mighty he treats her like shit and he's treated her like shit for a long time and like just publish your stupid book why'd you write it then wow that's you what, are so if you're not going to publish this book if you're not going to publish the book it's called a journal don't put a title on it some people write for fun and he's giving up writing <laughs> well don't print it Leave it in your laptop. If I ever have a book that I don't want to publish, I'm not showing you because I know you'll just publish it. <laughs> I'm going to put on like a live journal if it were the year 2011 <laughs> like them. Um, all right. Fair enough. My LVP for one final time. I'm giving the LVP to Vanessa because, I listen, your defense of her was great. It almost swayed me, but come on. She deserves this one. She, oh, she just saved. Can, as a fan... And I do this with many of my, my faves, like on my reality shows. I can, I can see the good and the bad, and I can be objective. And I absolutely understand why everybody hates Vanessa. I get it. She deserves it. Okay, I'm glad you can at least acknowledge that one. And boy, does she deserve this LVP. She saved what is genuinely one of the most annoying things she's ever done for last. And I'm so happy she ends her time on the show this way. She snoops into Dan's office and starts reading his book without asking. She then calls him and gets mad at him and yells at him for not wanting to publish the book that she shouldn't even have read. And then she goes and publishes it anyway, which is so uncalled for. And she does it for no reason. And then she just leaves. But she's also going to collect the checks, too. And I guess so maybe she has a reason to stay in contact with Dan uh, she, to get him his money. Like, what a loser. Uh, she's the worst. I can't stand it's, Vanessa. It's Happy she's crazy. gone. She's Happy never going to talk to him again. Like, she, the last thing that they're going to talk about is that phone conversation. Book, yeah. Yeah. She's going to disappear. Might I so, add something, though? If you think sure. about it in the grand scheme, Dan was never going to publish this book, which creates all sorts of drama and intrigue. He was going to make it his little journal that he works on, and he leaves it for, I don't know, his deathbed. Vanessa, yet again, has to take the brunt of everything 
to make this a catalyst for the plot for us. And that is what she is. She dies for the show. Pusher. She dies for the show. She falls on the sword to move it ahead. I'm I'm immediately hiding my copy of the book I've written, uh, Podcast House, by Matthew Gagan. I'm, I'm putting it into a safe. I'm never letting Mel uh, find it because I know she's gonna. I know she's gonna release it, and then all of my friends are gonna know what I really think about that. To be fair, I actually thought that Vanessa was going to put her name on the book, so I thought it was pretty. <laughs> that cool. would have been, been so crazy. That I thought been really good. I was. I was also thinking she's like, like maybe, "Bye, I'm going to Spain." Well, yeah, remember he sa- Dan sabotaged Vanessa getting into. Uh, NYU writing school or whatever right. it was. So honestly, fuck you, Dan. Take that his money. So funny if she said that it was her book. But that, that's, so, that's the truest place of glory right there. Let's get into Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. Um, that is, of course, everyone's favorite segment. And for this week, we are going to do that scene with. Blair and Louis and Chuck, where Blair is going to choose Chuck, but then uh, Chuck interrupts. Uh, Who, uh, Brendan, I believe Mel said we were going to let you decide who you wanted to be since you have the best impressions of all of these characters. Yeah, I I would like to get one last, I guess, well, I have a couple more. I'll I'll do, I'll do Louis just because I'm I'm excited to uh, continue disturbing our French listeners. All right. Uh, Mel, would you like to be Blair or Chuck? Um, I think I'll go with Blair, and that's because I do think you do a pretty good Chuck as well, Maddie. Wow. Oh, all right. I'll be Chuck then. So uh, if you guys have your scripts in front of you, Blair, mm-hmm. you're going to start us off. You left your O. I knew you would come. Hee <laughs> hee. I'm sorry. It took me so long. <laughs> we need to talk. I see. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> Louis. Blair. Blair. No. I need to do this myself. What I need to tell you is... She's trying to say is you have my blessing. I couldn't be more happy the two of you were getting married. Wee. Wee. I'm spinning around out of glee. Me too. Chuck Bass is also spinning around right now. We are so happy. What an end to the scene. So good. I mean, God. That that French accent is so good. Say magnifique. <laughs> magnifique, bro. <laughs> That's the one word he can't say in French. <laughs> so, great job, everyone. That is, of course, all that we have now, except, of course, for some plugs. But before we get that, Mel, thank you thank for coming you, on you. for the second time in this season. For the fifth time overall, you're part of the Five Timers Club. Your, uh, what do we give the Five Timers? Lighters in honor of Russell Thorpe? Your gas. lighter is in the mail. <laughs> okay. Um, Uh-oh, I better turn the gas off. <laughs> so, That's the only way she you... podcasts is with the gas running. <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to plug at this hour? Um, I will plug the... A lonely boys store to make sure you oh, get yeah. your oh yeah maybe your Nate Archibald can't read uh, mug sticker any of the above and all the other fun merch there. Um, I occasionally will pop up on a podcast, but not too often. So I guess stay tuned for me eventually to be back here on Lonely Boys, and I won't have to talk about Vanessa, and you can all be happy with that. All right, sounds great to me. Um, Brendan, what are you plugging? Uh, I'll try and get you guys to your show soon, so I'll blaze through these. The Hobby Boys, where you can hopefully see Mel pretty soon. You've, she's been on before. Oh, that's she's, true. She's, wee wee. <laughs> wee wee. She's our, wee wee, uh, our Loverboy correspondent, so check those out. 
you can listen to uh, the Blissball Boys wherever you, if you want to get your jollies off to watching some some wiffle ball adjacent content, listen to us talk about it. And the Sandy Boys, which is our Patreon show at patreon.com slash the Happy Boys Pod, where we talk about the OC. We'll be back this month, baby. Wow. We are coming back strong this month with the Sandy Boys. That is correct. Uh, as for me, I will also plug the Sandy Boys. I will also plug the merch store. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means that Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Guts, is oh, out. So man. everyone should be listening to that. I'm very excited. Uh, also, new movie out that I haven't seen now that I want to see, Bottoms. Been hearing great things. Really have been looking forward to seeing it, but I haven't been able to get to the movie theater. Hopefully it's still in theaters when I see it. If not, I'll just... Fortunately, have to have to wait to watch it some other way. Uh, but watch the movie, listen to listen to Olivia Rodrigo, and besides that, oh, we got I got one more thing. Oh, oh, go, go, go! Um, hurry! I'm on a melon kick. Uh, so get tar- out of the city. Eat some honeydew. It's, it's my melon of the oh. week. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for the melon of, of the week. Our new segment. That's my L. That's my LMP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I will plug getting out of the city. Uh, I will plug every other location besides the city. If you live in the city, even if you go to Columbia, you're a fucking loser and you need to get out, according to Miss Queller. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at RuppyPuppy. You can follow his other podcast, The Hoppy Boys, at The Hoppy Boys Pod. And you can come back next week where we will be uh, probably recapping season four. We'll be doing one of our one of our off-season podcasts. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely boys. Bye-bye. And now I'm kind of coming.